happy 100th episode to the Beau Pod Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Yeah. Hey. Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. This is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg, and if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start. On the Bachelor, the Bachelor of <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Someone Got a Text. <laughs> <laughs> we did so many versions we did of that. So well. And welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, we've made 100 of these? Yeah, I know. How did we do that? Well, uh, we started with one. Mm -hmm. uh, And then shortly after that, two followed. Two followed. And then we thought, I am the 100-year-old man named Max Quinn. (laughs) Blowing out 100 candles with the vim and vigor of a much younger man is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Hello. You know you're not allowed to blow out candles anymore? Really? Yeah. What do you do with them? Well, you just like wave your hand over it now. Okay, so Xavier Rebetsky Noonan has entered the building (laughs) and making her fourth appearance on the BOH pod. She is a writer and editor for Vogue Australia. She is my bride-to-be. Please welcome the queen of Celine. Up to and concluding, including Phoebe Philo. We like Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. The Belle of Chanel, the freewheeling fash fiance herself. Danny Gay is here. Hi, Danny. Hi, everyone. Hi. It's me. Hello. I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back to the pod. <laughs> Thank you. What a pleasure. Back by popular demand. Uh-huh. That's actually true. People were like gagging for it. Yeah. Someone said, one person said. Where's Danny? Where's mm-hmm. Danny? And making her first appearance here on the BOH pod, she is an artiste and creative known for a prime time design. She is the biggest Zave head out there. Please <laughs> make welcome the princess of Photoshop, the prime minister of illustration nation, Evie Hillier. Is he? Hi, Evie. Hi. I'm really happy to be here as the chairperson of the Zabe Head fan club. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for swinging by. Anything for you, my love. Well, thanks. <laughs> the Aww. first ladies of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. We've made it through 100 episodes. I just wanted to open up the floor for uh, congratulations uh, from the both of us yeah. to oh. you. Okay, I was thinking it was going to go the other way around, where you guys could maybe just say, well done, and okay. how fond you are of us. And uh... Well, we're here. so. <laughs> <laughs> and Evie, as they say, the 100th time is the charm. Thank you so much for deciding to make your first time special. Let's start by making sure that we're adequately plugged. 
Um, Evie, tell us where we can find you on social media. Uh, hi, um, I am a comic artist and I do work on Instagram at Yves, that's Y-E-E-V-Z underscore. You can also find me on Twitter with the same handle. And Danny, hit yeah. us up. Um, I'm Danielle underscore gay, so... At, you know, use the at sign. Use the at symbol before it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. not at the the <laughs> the option without the underscore was taken. That's rude. I know. Have you done the thing where you hit them up and you're like, no, Hello. no, should I? Why not? Yeah, I mean, try it right now, live yeah. on the pod. Yeah. Okay, let's see who's got it. Say, I don't know if you know the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, but, uh, but um, I was on yeah. it four times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. actually so honoured to be on here because I was a big fan of the podcast before even meeting Xavier. Wow. wow. Yeah, oh, and that's when so I was, romantic. When I was crushing on him, I went back to episode one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, and sometimes when I'm really lonely at work, I'll put on old episodes because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so obsessed. You could just call me. <laughs> yeah, I liked you better the then. Same. Same. Yeah. 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 It is our 100th episode. Obviously, there are so many mems to mem uh, and so much to discuss, mm. including our first and kind of fun foray into Locky Down, the dismissal of almost all of our favorite villains and narrators, and right. what mm. on earth is up with Roxy's secret boyfriend? Oh my God! Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, as Eilish pointed out on Twitter, it's not like, do you have a secret girlfriend or anything like that? It's She has a secret girlfriend now. Oh, who can oh, say? Did I spill the beans? <laughs> it's why. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Why what is your intention <laughs> behind having <laughs> a secret girlfriend? <laughs> uh, but first, Ed, we made it. We did it. We got there, buddy. And I'm so glad that this is our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, we're retiring in the middle of batch season. That's Danny, right. you and I are taking over the podcast. Oh, <laughs> great. This is a coronation. Yes, yeah. that's what this is. I would prefer to think of it as, um, what do you call it when the Pope, when the um, the... White smoke flies up from the. Ah, uh, I only do royals. I don't uh, know about okay, the got you. New Pope Day. <laughs> new Pope yeah. Day. Well, happy New Pope new Day pope to all of us. I reckon <laughs> New Pope Day was just made up by Hallmark to sell new popes. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gents, let's strap on the feed bag, piss in the pot plant, swear on our eyebrows, and dive headfirst into a fountain of fucking foot juice. To recap: <laughs> The Bachelor, Australia, season eight. Episode oh. seven. Danny, look at the look on your face. That's just disgusting. It's <laughs> <laughs> just all, t- yeah. I'd like to put a poll out. Who would here cop the foot juice? That's a good question. No. <sighs> well, whose foot juice are we talking about? Because oh. if it's Matt Agnew, then maybe. But if it was Lockie? If it was Lockie, I don't know. He seems to me, like, because I just think of him as a very outdoorsy type of person, yep. he's yeah. probably trodden in some weird shit. That dude's been squelching. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. Matt Agnew, you picture him inside a crisp wingtip, you know? Like, at the mm-hmm. like he has not had any amount of dirt. I think he hangs out up his foot. in one of those, like, crisp white egg chairs, like, yes. in, like Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust outdoorsy people, mm. so... Well, especially not in this day and age. No. no. You no. never know where their feet have been. <laughs> and that's kind of where we begin here, because the episode starts with a bit of an anti-climax. They advertised to us that we would be going into lockdown more than likely or more than mm. lockley is that more than lockley <laughs> yes. we're going into locky down yeah, yeah. but not we're extending the pre-pandemic part of the season for as long as we can for no reason that i can understand 
I get the impression that this is a mad scramble that they've tried to disguise as like standard operating procedure. Yeah. But they crammed so much into this like one episode. You know, I think there's like five single dates. There's like 30 new women that arrive at the mansion. Right, right. Um, just trying to make the most of things before it all becomes very uncertain. Right. And so the um, context that we should discuss is that the filming is suspended after this episode. Mm. We get to a certain point and it's like, okay, cool. Well, we're not going ahead. And there's an actual month or so. I don't know how long the delay is, but there's an actual time delay in between filming stopping at the end of episode seven and filming resuming at the end of, at the start of episode eight. I have the tea. Please. I have. Spill it. Filming ends on March 26th and everybody goes home, including Lockie, who goes right. back to WA. And then the events of the next episode, which we'll talk about in a bit, um, like Izzy's spa date and the onesie date and all that, they take place in May. So okay. there's a couple of good months there. And then apparently the period w- which we're working towards in a couple of episodes time when they all come back to the mansion is like June-ish. Okay. okay. So this is the period of time where they've been able to funnel all the women back presumably before Victoria happens or yeah. like just on mm. the precipice of Victoria happening. Right. You might yeah. have gotten a little crossover right at the beginning. I will say that I found both of these episodes to be quite interesting and the month in the middle has kind of made that episode eight feel a little bit more fresh, a little bit more interesting because there's so much context and so much information that we don't have but kind of have to dig into and right. make assumptions about. Yeah, I think there's only so much that they can really approach and talk about and stuff and there are so many questions my overall impression of these two episodes was just like completely being flummoxed by them and you know i found it quite distracting in a way on on first watch of just like everything is very unfamiliar and i was looking at the mechanics of it and paying attention to like oh there's a rose next to them and then they you know all that kind of stuff (laughs) like that was the stuff that completely consumed my attention the first time around and i couldn't even pay attention to like what they were talking about. Right. Yeah. But on rewatch, there's some stuff happening here. I I think they're doing a pretty admirable job of trying to make it feel like The Bachelor, despite the fact that it really doesn't feel like The Bachelor. So what happens here in terms of, were you judging the homewares? Were you looking around at the landscapes of these women? Yeah. Yeah, How did they get all those ugly candle votives (laughs) into all the individual women's houses? It's it's interesting that um, the narrative that the show presents is that all of these women live on their own. Like none of them live in a share house or with family or anything like that, which I don't believe. I think some of these are like Airbnbs, which they sometimes do for hometowns. That's the most Mm. unrealistic part. Right. And they're just all perfectly tidy. Yeah. (laughs) I think like Izzy, who has the single date, doesn't seem very familiar with her house. (laughs) Where she is. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I have a bar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When when Lockie says, like, we've got a spa date, she's like, ooh. <laughs> Where am I going for yeah. this, though? Yeah. How do I, I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so Osha says that even though there's a global pandemic happening, things are actually fine here in the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there's nowhere safer that any of us could be. Right. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to continue with a modified version of the show that takes place entirely on campus. And I think it's easy, right, for us to sit here and laugh and look back and go like, fucking idiots. But... Don't yeah. you remember kind of feeling like that? Like this was all going to be over in two months or something? Yeah, I think I think the most unreal part of that was him pronouncing it COVID. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. It's Which, like that was back in the time when we didn't know how to pronounce it. Quite yeah, know what yeah. it was, yeah. But I agree with you in that 
like it was weird and unfamiliar watching The Bachelor play out like this. But then it was so eerily familiar watching the COVID-19 restrictions right, play yeah. out. Because you're like, it, there was that hopeful thing of you're like, no, we're all going to work. Everything's fine. Nobody's sick. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, oh, you can be asymptomatic. And then like all that, like just roll right. out like yeah, that we right. all went through. And then, yeah, the first episode of this week, the Wednesday, to have that was like that period before our office shut down where everyone was like no we're still going to an event everything's fine yeah pass the right. champagne <laughs> and then like yeah. the second episode on thursday was like no no you're yeah, all yeah, going home yeah. <laughs> right and it's interesting that like we call it a scramble period but it's also like i remember feeling that way in that time being like i'm gonna pretend that it is easier to deal with than it actually is sure. and be fine but it should be said also like for those two weeks they are so lucky not to have had any cases. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. This is, if you look at it, like between the 14th and say the 26th of March, like that's where the gradient is fucking hitting and it's hitting hardest in New South Wales. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And because we were working from home from the start of March, yeah. right? So mm. through this period where they were still trying to hang on to it, is that like when we were all already working from yeah. home? Yeah. 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 Which seems crazy. Like once we were told that our office was working from home. That's when it sunk in for me. But the yeah. girls didn't even know about any of it, right? Osha told them yeah. about... That was the weirdest thing. Imagine having Osha tell you that. Yeah. Right. Suddenly he's like, like a group the date? health like minister. A, a role-playing <laughs> group date <laughs> where everyone's... Yeah. I do feel like if I had my time again and I could have heard it from anyone, like World Health Organization doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Like, you know, delineating the information out through government. But have you thought of, of Osha? But yeah. What if they had have just been like, Osh, you are a voice of reason. You're a trusted figure. Why not A rebrand, maybe. For yeah. I'd rather be told by Roxy's secret boyfriend, personally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Who's to say it's not Osha Ginsburg? <laughs> <laughs> like, so do they have like a threshold of what they would tell them and like only this global health pandemic is making the cut? Like... Yeah, I yeah. think it's pretty of rare that they would try and tell outside. them any news or yeah. current affairs or whatever. Yeah, as yeah. we'll find out later on the episode, um, you're not allowed to find any information out unless you're on speakerphone. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and so, like, I was thinking about it, like, the only time that I think that we left our suburb was on March 25, I left to go to Xavi's house to record an episode, but at that point, we'd all been in lockdown for two weeks, and we mm. were like, no COVID, no COVID, everyone's safe. Let's go. Yeah, mm. we did. We did a podcast and it was then with the proviso that that would probably be the last time we could do it for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that we're all in the same room right now, six months on. Yeah, for sure. And still being like, oh, fuck, this could be the last time we do this in a while. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And, but at the same time, you understand the temptation to um, milk out the filming for as long as they possibly can, right? Yeah, because this is what they know, and creating a whole new show, Love in Lockdown, out of nothing is. Like, no mean feat what they've achieved. Well, it seems like they thought it was just going to get shut down. Like, right. they, they really... There's no roadmap, obviously. Mm. Um, but, you know, it it was pretty uncertain whether or not it could actually be salvaged or whether they would, like, air half a season and then question mark, question mark. Right. Or if they would just ditch the whole thing and just come back next year. So, you know, anything that we do get from this point forward, 
it's so interesting right and and it's kind of lucky it's uh, it's kind of lucky yeah yeah uh look uh, speaking of him he gives us this confessional which i thought was really interesting uh the world is kind of crazy at the moment and we're just battling on trying to find love like he's a fucking digger storming the beach at Normandy. <laughs> I just can't think about like what kind of missed opportunity this is for Channel 10 to really lead the way with this kind of discussion. Like mm. instead of presenting Lockie as like, you know, this like outsidesman who like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like he's sitting out there and being like, oh, I'm so fucking upset about pouting and pining trying to want to go outside and roll in the grass or do right. whatever he does yeah. well, I'm not you know, used to being in yeah doors. I want to parkour off a world heritage listed tree like, <laughs> this shit that he usually does like sure. and he's like oh this is so like be the voice you know be mm. the person who's like go inside and wear a mask especially in an age where we've got like fucking um, 5G eating COVID denialist Bill Michael Goldsmith shitting out posts on Instagram. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we have to talk about this. the dog park guy? Yes. It is, yeah. Okay, I don't know how caught up you are on this, Dan. No, I try not to think about that man. Yeah, Mm. so he's been out on Instagram this week denying that COVID exists. Look, fair enough. (laughs) I think... (laughs) I don't, like, this... I don't... Look, this might be a bad omen for Bill, but it is really strange how the people that deny it seem to then die <laughs> mysterious circumstances right. too some hmm. kind of respiratory like i think he he is doing this thing which a lot of sort of conspiracy minded um qanon influenced sort of folks do which is saying that they're just starting a conversation and say like oh, yeah. hiding behind like oh i'm just kind of asking questions or like yeah. i'm just putting it out there it's good to just question things right <laughs> i just don't buy it i don't buy it i reckon that like okay so you look at his instagrams and you look at the captions you're like okay but then you look at the hashtags oh right? yeah yeah and it's like hashtag urban outfits hashtag general Fashion pants blogger. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally and it's just it just feels like a weird disconnect between the two things. It mm. feels like he's obviously just doing it to get on media things, so he get it him have his like five minutes of fame extended. Sure. Um, in a really, really unhealthy and unproductive way. Yeah. It's kind of become his brand in a way, but it's it's unfortunate because obviously he does, despite the fact that he's kind of fallen out of favor, he does still have a pretty big following and he has a pretty big influence and the uh, the fact that he's using this like i don't even think it matters where you stand on these issues like if you feel like wearing masks is bad or whatever whatever like how do you first of all of (laughs) course but like yes technically speaking you're allowed to have your stupid opinion yeah but But also like put it on instagram well and 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 if you have a following like that and if you want to quotes just start conversations about things that matter like why aren't you talking about any of the other things like you know i would love him to do a climate post change yeah what if he was just talking about like indigenous incarceration rates or right like that? Yeah. you know like dogs at the pound sure. well that's even more right? on brand right. for him. there's a lot home. of animal stuff that could easily he could easily seg into mm-hmm. yeah and instead he chooses not to and on like so i sit there and i think like okay this man has had a putrid experience where he was a bad person on reality tv and then they edited him in such a way to make out that he maybe is even worse of a person than he is who can say. Right. And now he's like, I can see the leap in logic that goes, I don't trust the media. I don't yes. like it. You know, but at the same time, this is toxic shit that you're spewing out, man. And I, I don't know. Like, I want to put you in a sewage can and mm. chuck you into the ocean like we do with the rest <laughs> of our toxic waste. Right. Like, I get... 
no. I get like that maybe lockdown or coronavirus or whatever is affecting people differently. Uh-huh. And some people, I guess, are having their brains completely pickled by it. Um, but also like he's not living in Melbourne, like, you know, he's not living in the U S he's not living in any of the places that have been particularly hard struck by it. He's not, right. you know, um, he's living in like Queensland. He has a house, like, you know, he's obviously not affected by it in any way. And so therefore that's formed his opinion on it. Thinking that like, it's not really as big of a deal as they're saying it is. And they're using it to cover things up. But and that, that it's all a distraction. of that is just that's just privilege, right? Or like inherent exactly. privilege that like, if it's not right in front of your face, it doesn't exist. If you're not experiencing it, it's not real. And I don't know, to just double down, like you say that he's got this already negative kind of portrayal in the media, hmm. but then to double down on that, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> like, question the decision-making process and like why you want to live long enough to, to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, but I'm with Evie. I think it's just like we probably wouldn't be talking about him right now if he didn't have this angle True. on mm. this particular issue. Like what else could kind of make you more um, notorious than like mm. coming out to say COVID's fake right now? And the now? 5G yeah. thing. like let's Yeah, and the 5G mm. stuff. And the pizza game is real and the whole. Because it's like a divisive enough issue as well where like people are probably going to follow you just to like tell you you're wrong like you know and then you're just getting like notoriety in my opinion yeah yeah mm. totally it's like no one's commenting on alex nation's poetry instagram <laughs> but mm. everyone have a poetry instagram see we don't even know oh, see? <laughs> <laughs> see bill's taken up too much airtime already taking up yeah, too much space. let's move on yeah but i mean it's just worth <laughs> laying it out there that we think he's wrong and he's bad and the people yeah. that also side with him, such as, I believe, Jake Ellis. Yeah. Gross. yeah. Well, it's tough to exactly say who, like, why they like those posts or whatever. But, like, yeah, you're Jake Ellis and you're Jake Yeah, Adorans you know me. I'm the biggest Jake Ellis apologist that there is. But even I will. Plus, like, if there was no COVID-19, would they have cancelled the Met Gala? Right. Like, mm. as if. Right. <laughs> you know? This is it. You know, Bill, open your ears. Yeah, Bill, look up. around you. He's probably Read just the upset room. that he didn't get an invite to the <laughs> For sure. So, what happens instead is that we're actually going to bring a new person into the coronavirus bubble oh, to help us with yeah. our group date here. Um, it, it becomes important in a second to know that they're also checking in with their families. So, keep that in the back of your mind. But Osher announces the group date. And uh, a quick moment here to eulogize Laura, who says in confessional, uh, I don't play sport. I don't like getting muddy. Danny relatable. Yeah, I really related to that more than anything else. Mm. There's six women headed on in to meet Alison Maiden, a housewife and mother who uses her psychic visions about dead people and the violence surrounding them to work as a part time consultant with the local district attorney's office. Allison is portrayed by Patricia Arquette in the series. Ran <laughs> for seven seasons and 130 episodes. So psychic medium Allison Maiden comes in and straight off the bat, she lays down some of her ground rules. So a few ground rules to start with, guys. I have all of the psychic senses. When I connect with people from the spirit world and they come through, I can feel them touching me. I can also taste things that they might have liked to have eaten, that sort of thing. Quick question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who believes in psychics here? Me. Me. 
Yeah. No. Women. Yeah. <laughs> Chicks, right? What do you yeah. believe oh, in? Boy, tell me about it. See, I just believe in regular stuff like astrology and uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, and, and Pizza Gate. Five <laughs> G. <laughs> yeah. I here's where I sit on it. I am agnostic. I am open to the idea of a psychic being correct, but on this reality TV series, I don't believe a word of it. I certainly don't believe in Alison Maiden, I'm afraid to say. Mm. You've done a bit of research, haven't you? Oh, well, I went on her website. I, don't, I didn't get anything Didn't get from a quote? It. No. Okay. What will our 100th episode be like? <laughs> <laughs> Destined for failure. I also wanted to recognise um, Alison Maiden's famous husband. Uh, do you know about this, Xavier? No, I didn't find this on the website. Mm, yeah, so Iron Maiden had a string of heavy <laughs> metal hits in the 1980s and 90s, including the number of the beast. Sure. Uh, and he's still touring to this day. Wow. Um, did you hear about their daughter? No. Maiden Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I believe in astrology and psychics. My astrologist predicted that we would get engaged, Max. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't tell you that. No, you <laughs> didn't. So how else would so you have known to propose? Have... Yeah, exactly. That's right. It must have been written in the stars. What star sign are you, Danny? Pisces. Oh, love Cancer that. rising, though. Cancer sun. Oh, that's yeah. how we get on well, because I'm Cancer water rising. Signs. Yeah. Mm. Love that. Also a Pisces. You? Yeah. No, you're an Aries. No, under the new rules, I'm a Pisces. There right, are no rules. There's no new rules. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> it's fake news. Fake news. Uh, Virgo, birthday this week. Please give me five stars on iTunes. Yeah, is a virgin. <laughs> Beyonce's Virgo twin mm-hmm. has come here to the room. Xavier, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I've always gotten Beyonce energy from you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when you were setting up the microphones and you were like a little bit fierce and scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a bit Sasha fierce from you. Yeah. This is also the start of the show trying to weave some sort of anti- Bella narrative. This is like the the Salt Bay sprinklings of it right at the start. We hear Roxy in confessional call her a silly bitch hogging the limelight. <laughs> oh, I, but I feel so that's nasty. that's an anti-Roxy edit though, right? Yeah, I feel like we'll get to the Roxy chat, this, I'm sure. This chunk is extremely pro-Bella as far as oh, I'm concerned. I thought almost the opposite. Like we heard Ariba say, don't get me started with Bella. And what I was looking at with it, because we also see kind of like a bit of tension between Arena and Bella, who are like the best friends in the house a little bit later. And Bella kisses Lucky at the cocktail party and there's all kinds of stuff. And it's sort of like, I am looking at it thinking like the show is needing to kind of villainize one of the two women who will plant some seeds of doubt Mm. rather than like, God forbid, letting two entire women have a fleshed out narrative arc without i think it's so interesting that this was your read on it because i feel the same way about what they're trying to do but i feel like they were trying to villainize Irina, and i think really is like they're spotlighting her over the course of this episode and trying to create a huge amount of empathy towards every time bella comes on screen the music changes and i think i think it's mirroring what the audience is feeling. Like everybody thinks Bella's going to win. Like everyone watching it is just like, oh my God, like get this show over with. Like we already know she's going to win. She's a winner. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of poking fun at that. I've started to come around to the idea that Irina wins. Yeah. I think Irina does win. Mm. No, you said that a lady was going to win and then she went in the first episode. <laughs> Justice for Paige. <laughs> Did we cover that? Justice for Pickles the Pig. Put yeah. that on the that record. That may have been mentioned. That's true. Yeah. Um, they're also kind of clearly trying to get some sort of Chow Bella situation going <laughs> here, um, which at 
the time that this is happening, the country of Italy is literally in crisis. Oh, God, I didn't so even So tone deaf. Yeah, truly. Mm. The other thing we should talk about is Roxy, um, who might be the sourest lemon to fall from the batchy tree in recent memory. Like, every time that she is on screen, she looks like she's sucking a gobstopper. You know, she's a balloon, balloon with half the air squeezed out. Mm. And I'm trying to work out what here is actually toxic and what is just, like, the show really um, playing up to her curdled cake situation. Evie, do you have a read on this? Yeah, I really think that Roxy... This is actually a bit of a serious one. I think that Roxy has a really bad relationship with alcohol. Uh-huh. I think that every time that she has a bit of... She has no handle on um, how to how to handle her own frustrations about things, no handle on her emotions. And when she drinks, she gets angry or upset. And you know, everybody knows that one friend that when they get drunk, they get sad or they get upset or they get angry and Mm. there is no pulling them back from that. And if you, and I think it's really irresponsible of her because if you know that you get like that and she does know, she does know, she goes, oh, Lockie has finally seen that angry side of me that comes out when I've been drinking. Mm. If you know that, then you shouldn't, drink you shouldn't have that relationship with alcohol yeah yeah it's clearly for a number of different reasons this is just not a good environment for her exactly because i think on top of um you know whatever alcohol might be bringing out of her there's also just a lot of insecurity there um yeah and i think one of the girls has i can't remember which girl it is that has a really good take on it later on where she says that roxy like Lockie is rewarding her bad behavior as well by every time yeah she acts out, um, he comes running and checks to see if she's okay because he's a good dude and wants to do right by everybody, but really he's he's giving her positive reinforcement for acting out. Right, yeah, yeah. right, and that's kind of the thing, and that is complex and it continues to play out as we move through the episode. So it does seem like this psychic Alison Maiden is here to actually convince Bella that her granddad is dead of coronavirus. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the, well... What was going on here? She can taste spirits. She can, oh, oh my god, she tastes spirits. Which maybe is Roxy's issue as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she does a group reading, um, which is basically sort of like her cold reading the room and uh, a bunch of information that, let's just hypothetically say, could have been provided to her pretty easily by the producers. Um, do you mean in the very extensive questionnaire that everyone who applies to come on the show has to fill out? I do. Yeah. I do mean in that way. you've applied to be on it. Really? Yeah, we did it on the pod a couple of years ago. Yeah, oh. as an exercise. Um, strangely enough, I did not hear so back. So strange. Yeah. Um, so she says things like, Lockie, I'm convinced that you might have a grandfather who has passed away who was a firefighter. And he's like, whoa, I do have a dead granddad. And separately, also, I've wanted to be a firefighter. Mm. It's interesting as well that she doesn't necessarily say it in those full sentences. She says, like, I'm getting a grandfather. It's that, like, what's the psychic's name? John John, uh, Edwards. Yeah, John Edwards. (laughs) Uh, Where he's like, hmm, somewhere over here I'm getting, like, a... Like a, like a woman. <laughs> and then one of them goes, I'm a woman. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those things that's like uh, the, what's the guy from The Greatest Showman? What's his name? Hugh Jackman. No, no, who does he play? P.T. Barnum. The Barnum theory, right? Where it's like a theory that is so broad that applies to everybody. So right. like a psychic will say, I'm getting the letter M. Do you have someone with the letter M yeah. in your name? And, and you're standing you in think... front of a crowd of like, what is it? 15 people or something? Right. Yeah. And one of them will be like, my friend Max. Or... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Yeah. And you, lo and behold, I have. He's dead. Yeah. And he has <laughs> coronavirus. 
And then the other thing that uh, she says to Lucky is like, I'm getting the vibe that you might have a child who is a boy. Mm. And it's like, you got a one in two chance. Yeah. But also she's wrong because he doesn't have a child. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucky responds to this by being like, holy fuck, He's this like, kid's a genius. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like he might, like, yeah. eventually. Like, he doesn't How know How did she right know now. that that might happen? <laughs> yeah. Also, he's like, oh, yeah, boy, that's the oh, type of person who can jump off planes and jump into planes. And yeah. men can do everything. Yeah. He says he wants to throw his child out of an aeroplane before his third birthday. Xavier, call the police. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> I actually looked this up. How old do you think you have to be in order to skydive <laughs> in Eight. Australia? Maybe, actually, do you know what? Let me, I'll set the betting line at... 15 and a half, and you guys have to say over or under 15 I and a half. I reckon eight years old. Okay, so you're under. For me, it's got to be like 18, right? It's like you can vote, you can drink, and once you've done that, you can, <laughs> now you can jump out of a plane. Yeah. So over 15 and a half. Yeah, yeah I'm over. Over. I'm over it. <laughs> By law, the minimum age to skydive in Australia is 12 years old. Wow. Can you believe that? That's no. too young. I just want to know where did they get to with the cutoff? Because like, it's like you must be this taller, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if it was thirteen, I'd be like, okay, they're saying teen, like teenagers can do it. I love the idea. But what's twelve? There was some twelve-year-old with a huge amount of influence who was like, I want to jump. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The like yeah. Dudley Dursley. The Australian <laughs> skydiving. The Australian Greta Thunberg is just like <laughs> skydiving, guys. Campaign <laughs> for it, guys. <laughs> so uh, this psychic also reads Maddie from Tasmania uh, and gives her all this info uh, about a puzzle of a ginger cat that they have done in the mansion. But she doesn't give the info. Not to not to harp on this, but she says like, "Hmm, I'm ge- I'm seeing I'm seeing a cat." And she goes, oh, my God. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I did a puzzle that had a cat on it. And then she contacts the Beyond to contact Izzy's dead grandma. And what she does is sort of like um, slut shames from the Beyond. Oh, oh my God. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ooh, I can't say that. It's like, well, okay, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am it's who's ma'am. sitting in the room and says that your shirt is too short or whatever. Right. It's just like, that's your own opinion. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Have we talked about the feathers? The feathers. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, spirits often communicate by things like feathers. No, she was saying that one of their grandmothers was trying to speak to her through feathers. So every time that she sees feathers and she was like, a feather landed on my bed this morning. And I thought that I'm was wearing feathers right now. I thought it was now. so nice. Is this Bella's grandmother speaking to us? I look for signs in everything, which is why I like psychics so much. I'm like, yeah. I feel like it needs to be said that there's good and bad, like people in all professions that are good and bad at of their course. jobs. Yeah. Right. I think psychics can very easily take advantage of the vulnerable, but I also think that they're fucking sick. So. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I, I agree. And I feel like my level of skepticism comes from the type of psychic who goes on the big TV show. Yeah. Where it's the same thing with like, like the, the human, human lie detector. detector. Right. right. I, I tweeted that I think they should hook up. Because <laughs> sure. I think it's a great couple. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, I'm sure there's a degree to which that is a useful skill that people can have. Yeah. But his, he, he comes on the show and he's kind of just a voice box for producers and you know drama and tension yeah totally but if they met would we be able to figure out if she's a fake or not oh Oh my god God. 
Wow. That's one secret I'll never tell. Well, the tell. thing is, <laughs> she would know ahead of time what he was going to do to try and figure her out. Yeah. He is Roxy's secret boyfriend, again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good call. And then we do get to the meat of it, uh, which is the, psych- the psychic... And then we do get to the meat of it, which is that the psychic thinks that Bella will have a baby boy, same as Lockie. <gasps> that was gross. <laughs> yeah. And wow. also then... That and she's like, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be the same, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then also she says that her granddad is close to death. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is just like a bombshell. Like, I just don't understand how this was allowed. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Are they try- were they trying to be like COVID serious guys? See, Bella's grandpa like hypothetically almost nearly died of COVID mm, as right. per the psychic. It's serious. But we don't know that it was COVID. No, <laughs> we right. know that it's lung cancer. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, but then his immunity would be down. And he needs mm-hmm. to stay clear of people mm-hmm. with COVID. Is it part of that thing uh, that we were talking about before where they think maybe coronavirus isn't that big of a deal right now, like on this particular day? So they think that it's okay for them to insert this thing about her granddad. I don't know. Like cancer. They've already given the girls the briefing uh, that coronavirus is a pandemic. Right. But like I don't think that they knew that when this would eventually be broadcast, that coronavirus would still be a huge deal. Sure. Especially in the yeah. elderly community. I, I thought we were just going to work from home for two weeks. I left my salt at work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, food. so she says, I'm getting a feeling that an old man who is related to you has cancer and is dead. And poor Bella is like, my granddad has cancer and I don't know if he is dead. And it is so exploitative from the show. Like, they're right. basically like, the, the poor woman literally has to call home because a glorified Mewtwo told her that her granddad <laughs> is dying during a global pandemic. Mm. I just... And they make her do it on speakerphone. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we have to hear it. Yeah. We have because to get verbal consent. Yeah. We have... There's already been contact with home, right? Yeah. They... You'd think they would have brought it up there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. <laughs> which which is part of my sort of grander theory about this being sort of Bella um, being painted. Like, this segment that is exclusively about Bella goes for probably about 10 minutes. Oh, it's too long. And, and what it is is, like, just an empathy machine that you're like, God, this woman's really going through it. Um, I sure hope she gets the happy ending that she, you know, deserves Yeah, that's interesting. This. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, her granddad is fine. There's nothing to worry about Does other than existing cancer? concerns. Yeah, we don't mean. know. They're like, yeah. They're like, oh, no, everything's okay. I mean, yeah, lung cancer. <laughs> and any other thing that happens could knock him over. But My God. It's grim. Yeah. yeah, she had to say, she said that she said goodbye to him before the, before she went on the show, which mm. is so sad. Yeah. Mm. But um, also, like, my friend Jenny said that she's had to say goodbye to her grandmother, like, five times, and she just won't yeah. bloody... <laughs> Won't bloody give up that inheritance. <laughs> uh, Jenny, don't be hasty. <laughs> um, it does raise the question of like, you know, if if it's such a precipice with your elderly relative who you love and is important to you, and if they're really unwell, and you know, you don't know what might happen. Obviously, the coronavirus like com- compounds that and makes things worse. But it's also like. Could you not have maybe waited one more year before going on The Bachelor? Mabes, yeah. Who I knows? Don't, you know, I don't know. This date keeps going for way too long. The psychic consults with Lockie and then each of the six women on the couch. 
And what stands out here is the psychic saying to Lockie that Roxy is no good uh, <laughs> and also calling anonymous until now Belle from New South Wales a wartime, wartime nurse. Yeah. yeah and they... Lockie was her patient. Yeah. This, yeah, is, this the... is where it gets a bit hairy, right? Well, yeah. this is the, maybe the most interesting thing that she brings out because Belle, as you say, has been anonymous up until now and not just due to the edit, but I think that Lockie hasn't even really been all that interested. And suddenly they're sitting very close together on the couch, like arm around her. And he is making it seem like they're, you know, she's got as good a chance as anybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she encourages them to spend more one-on-one time together. She says, like, I'd be really interested to see where this one goes, that there's definitely more to be explored here. And then Belle ends up getting a rose. Right. But, like, spoiler alert, she's gone at the end of the next Which episode. Which means yeah. Lockie does not believe in psychics. Because oh. if Roxy is no good and mm-hmm. Belle is the one that... Because she, she mm. looks to the producers and she goes... They're a good match. Like, yeah, and like, then to, to him and Roxy, it's like, that's not a good match. Right. So obviously. So he's like rebelling against psychic. He does seem like a bit of a rebel, hey? Yeah. He's going to get like a tattoo that says psychic. Like, <laughs> no. no smoking sign. It says psychic. We saw him on that motorbike, right? Yeah. Right. This is it. Screech squeal. Lucky shows up on a motorbike outside the mansion. Screech. Screech. He oh, says the music here this, is the oh, best. It's so good. <laughs> it's this bad boy, like. What's this song that it's not quiet? I think it's like You Shook Me All Night Long yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's not quiet. Full... Yeah. Like the kids' bop version of but it. But they couldn't yeah. get the rights, so yeah. it's just like yeah. Yeah. close to. Yeah. It's like You Rocked Me Most Evening. You Roxy. Mm. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says to the flock of women, who likes motorbikes? And then we get this slew of confessionals flock. about how... Uh, I don't like that word. They're like sort of like they're gazelles peering over at this man on his motorbike. You know, you go to the zoo and the, the gazelles and the birds all The actual, like um, yeah, the, the formal term for a grouping of women is actually a murder. A murder of women. Mm. I yep. like that better. A gaggle? <laughs> I hate that more. Gaggle feels very gendered for some reason. It really does. It reminds me of moaning <laughs> myrtle for no reason. Right, <laughs> right. A moaning myrtle of women. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Take it from the top. So... Lockie says to the moaning myrtle of women, who likes <laughs> motorbikes? And we get the this... all moaning myrtle. <laughs> and everyone's like nobody and Troll stop trying to make dungeon. us jump off cliffs. <laughs> yeah, you get like maybe a third of the women put their hands up. I would actually right. be like, yes to the motorbike if it means that this man's not going to try to take me in an aeroplane or something. Yeah. And then push me out of it. Could be worse, yeah. All the women do seem to say, though, that a man is much cooler if he owns a motorbike. Danny, should I get a two-wheeler? Max, sometimes you trip over nothing. Please don't get a motorbike. <laughs> what do you reckon, Evie? Should I get a motorbike? You can't ride a regular bike. Yeah, but motor. <laughs> this one goes fast. Case is closed. Case closed. Case closed. Gavel, gavel. <laughs> Roxy gets picked for the bike date with Lockie. They rev shit. They do a hundred fucking burnouts. It's so funny how quickly this show can turn into a car commercial sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just looks like an ad for the Nissan Pulsar. Totally. And the music is, is doing the same thing. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, and what about this is entertaining? Like, they go through a puddle. I, I don't care. It's, like, not a big puddle. As well. <laughs> <laughs> and they slow down. They're like, well, we don't want to get out. We clothes. don't want to <laughs> This is a rented suit. In fact, yeah. it's stolen from Jamie Doran. <laughs> True. Oh, my God. Jamie's been blowing up about that. It's so funny. Jamie left a suit in the mansion last season, Danny. And... 
now he wants it back, but they've dressed Lockie in it a bunch of times because they must be approximately the same size. Like, actually? Yes. I don't know if he left it there or if they just have, like, a costuming department or whatever. Yeah. And he like, was, like, trying to secure it. because He's like, like mm, Channel 10's <laughs> run out of ideas. I guess the budget's run out. Jamie Doran was the first draft of a Lockie in the, hey. in the, in the laboratory. <laughs> Proto-Lockie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Roxy uh, gets to the batch pad with Lockie. Right, they show up there and then they're like, oh, do, you, do you smell it? There's, like, a faint smell of smoke. And then they walk in and there's, like, this ominous glowing coming from the... The oven. It's more hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's steamed hams. But it's yeah. because the like chips and gravy from episode four, they never took them out. Right. They're still there. They've been cooking for weeks. What are we doing? Oh, you gods. My chips and gravy. Just ruined. <laughs> and so Roxy is like, or um, he needs me to break down my walls in order for this to go anywhere. So um, I guess I'm willing to give it a go. Honey. Wrong show. Mm. Like, again. <laughs> That's the masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought coming in here that we'd all have more time with you, but I'm starting to realise now that that is not happening. It's this episode is... seven. But also, like, this is when you're like, you clearly haven't watched this show before. If right. you thought you were going to have more time. Like, some people don't even get single dates. Do your research. If you're going to be yeah. put on national television, mm. like, look into it because... If you don't, and anyone that hasn't watched the show before generally gets a pretty bad edit, to be mm. honest. Like when they're yeah. like, oh, I never watched the show. If you don't, you're going to look like a dinkle. And yes. to be fair, she does. She looks yeah. like a dinkle. Yeah. Complete like dinkle. Like, textbook someone, dinkle. Right. Someone call Eeyore to give this woman a pep talk. I know. Eeyore. I don't mean to deny an experience like that uh, would inform this kind of joyless television or any pain that she might have. But at the same time, it just feels like the energy is sucked out of the show whenever Roxy is on screen. And I don't uh, like that. I want someone to do a better job than me of understanding her. Yeah, and I really want to like her. Like, I want to... I don't like... I never like talking bad about any woman, but with her, it's just... She talks so much shit, or at least she looks like she talks so much shit about everybody else and just so negative about everything. Yeah. Um, When did the, when did the show stop being about having a nice time? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, there's also the bend me over like a pretzel thing that she does. I hated here. it, hated it, hated it, hated it. She seems I, to be I really trying like to fall it. into that cool girl trope that. Um, yeah, um, it's really fascinating because she's like trying to play like the salty, sassy pretzel analogy, but the show is presenting her more as like a soggy crusket. Mm. Yeah, it crumbles on impact and it gets all everywhere. Well, I almost feel like. Not to disagree with you, but a pretzel is a fairly good analogy in the sense that, like, it's already kind of twisted. It's <laughs> so salty. Also, it's really brittle. <laughs> and so if anything goes wrong, it will just crush and shatter. <laughs> uh, Roxy gets a rose and then a uh, cocktail party. They have a little keys. Oh, there's a keys. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, she she's all about, like wanting to get it on and bend over like a pretzel or whatever. But she was the one that turned away from the kiss. Yeah, she, true. She and, and he was going in for it. Like, the body language was just, like, him turning into her and her just being, like, ah, like turning yeah. away. But she keeps talking about not wanting to give it up. What is that her phrase? Yeah. Which is another... she's saying, which I just, like, I just don't like that. Yeah, I don't I just like that don't idea. I like that language. I don't even know really what she means. Right. And, and she has the audacity to like kind of sexist. Yeah, like, totally. It feels like that slut shaming. And she has thing. the audacity to go like come at um Juliet later on. Exactly. Yeah. Who 
we find out doesn't give it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Who's ready to lose all of our narrators and also unstitch like 80% of the narrative threads that we have sewn through seven episodes? Me, me, me. Oh, Please, yeah, pick me. More. <laughs> because that's exactly what happens here at the cocktail party. The star attraction to begin with is definitely Laura, um, who cracks wise about Mario Kart uh, <laughs> and Glitter before Roxy and Loki arrive. And then um, taps on her watch and complains about how she's bloody tired and wants to go to bed. Where is this bloke? I'm bloody tired. Bedtime. <laughs> I've never feel like felt more seen. <laughs> I always am like, is this still happening? Like at this point, I was also being like, is the show still happening? Because right. I'm ready. For <laughs> and Danny's like, mm mm mm. Well, yeah. she's really jumped from 40 minute episodes to like two hour episodes. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, Whiplash from and Paradise. Like, I had to watch it because look at me now, I'm on the podcast. But I wanted to, like, 8.50, that is prime bedtime. Evie's a bit of an early bedtimer as well. Oh, yeah. It I just comes out bedtime. of nowhere. It just, like, comes on as a wave. And a wave, and yeah. it just pulls you it's under. Done. It's mm-hmm. done. It's time yeah. for bed. Mm-hmm. You are not. Xavier's not a bedtimer. He yeah. will He will be... I'm a stay-upper. Yeah. So are you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so bad at a cocktail party because don't know. they start filming at, like, 9 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, yeah. like, in my gown in... Under the covers in the bed, like, no. Danny slept through every cocktail party. <laughs> Osha comes in and he's like, okay, um, bad news, guys. Um, that thing we talked about before. Yeah, the, exactly. He's like, uh, we Remember thought it was all going to be all. okay, but actually it's not looking great. We're going to have to get rid of a bunch of people. <laughs> the Zoom screen fits nine. Right, like, you know, right. we're, we're thinking ahead. Yeah, we'll because be like, they, don't even, they don't even say it like that because the fact that they all have to cut, like, he's just like to Lockie, you got to cut five women. And then after he's cut five women, he's like, by the way, we're yeah. stopping production. True. Right. Which we are, yeah, I guess we're all assuming that, sure. like, the producers were setting themselves up for a COVID-friendly Because yeah. they're like, we yeah. have to buy a pro account for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the group dates have to be 40 under 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Or I guess because they do station a producer and like a camera person in each of the houses. Okay, yeah. tell us more. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Those I don't know the what the run, where we're at on the run sheet, <laughs> but I, I want to hear more about this. Me too. Because Max and I have talked about this, the whole episode thing, mm. like how are they doing this? That's a real camera angle. That's not right. what's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, beside the fact that they have a GoPro camera each that's strapped onto their thing that they use for like the actual Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. And a sticker. <laughs> and an important <laughs> sticker to cover up the Apple logo. Um, there's also clearly another person doing camera and potentially someone doing sound and lighting or whatever. Like, yeah. because it's not just using Zoom audio. There's like very clear. Because if they were using Zoom audio, none of them were wearing headphones, I noticed. Right. So there would be so oh, much right. overlap. Like we record the podcast over Zoom. There's just two of us. Right. And if, if, if we don't have headphones on, everything turns to shit instantly. Right. So there's some complicated shit going on here. But I think that means that there's like a couple of staff members presumably like wearing PPE um, like on site at yeah. each of their houses. For Maybe the dummies, a translator. what's PPE? Uh, protective, protective equipment. Gotcha. And one of those P's stands for something else. And I, uh, personal protective equipment. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So five women are going to be sent home at the cocktail party 
a third of the mansion. We're doing nothing to help the COVID mortality rate here and nothing either to help Roxy by the look of things who, despite having a rose, despite sharing a kiss, is shitting bricks that Bella and Lockie share a kissing mm. at the cocktail party. Yeah, so Bella like thanks Lockie for comforting her earlier when yeah. she thought that her fucking granddad had died. <laughs> because the show made it that way. And then... Like, he kisses her, right? It's pretty yep. clear that he does the kissing. Yeah. And this is caught by the rest of the women, including Roxy. Um, and it's clearly not... I mean, I understand... I think it's Irina the one, is the one that goes... Oh, right. Yeah, You're they totally kiss. right. Which, if I'm not mistaken, Irina has also shared a kiss at the cocktail party. Happened so. last just, week. Yeah. Just yeah. didn't get caught by it. Yep. So I find that their friendship dynamic there is like, all right, so you're going to... Right, so here's the thing. The Last bus. week mm-hmm. we were setting up Irina and Roxy. I'm sorry, R- Irina and Bella as really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then this week she dubs her in. I don't think it's it's not edited to look like she's dubbed her in. Like I think it's a no. small it's a small throwaway, but it's something that I definitely picked up on. I thought of Irina as like a diplomat in this situation. I really looked at her and thought, this person is doing what is best for herself, but she's doing it in a way that doesn't leave her in that much trouble. Like any trouble that she could potentially be in, she can tiptoe around and she's also presenting herself in a way that will hold her in good stead with everyone and in good stead with Lockie. And I was kind of impressed with how she dealt with yeah, that. Yeah, it's smart. It's smart and it's miscon- It's like the miscongeniality at it. Yeah. Mm. I disagree because I, when I was watching it, I realized that she specifically, like she, they saw it and then Roxy came over or... Mm was nearby and then was like, what happened? And she specifically relayed it to Roxy. And like, I don't know if the edit is tr- authentic around Roxy, but if you know that she's the one that's going to like go off about it, yeah. why would you like say, yeah, my, like my f- friend's done this because yeah. it doesn't you feel know like it's going to yeah. be like a problem. But what do you say? Nothing? I would just be like, oh, I, I'm not sure. I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. Over there. Because it's mm. not for the alpacas. Roxy doesn't yeah. ask what happened. Yeah, like, Irina comes up and she says, "Like, they uh, just so you know, they kiss." Yeah, it's like you don't have to do that. Yeah, I guess so. No, and you could you be just like, like, "Oh, just so you know, there's alpacas the over there." <laughs> yeah. Where's the prosecco? Yeah, yeah. And so Roxy cracks it and she's crying. There's prosecco on the table if you want it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, I'll have the top up. There's such an environment of tension at this rose ceremony. Oh yeah, because like it fucking fell gets a rose on the oh, date, yeah. like anything can happen. Right, absolutely. You know, and so Roxy is crying and she says to Bella, did you hook up with him at the cocktail party? And then she also says like, you do you, man. And then she also says, that's so rude before asking the camera if she's wrong to feel like this. And mm. like, no, but on this show, yes. yes. Yeah, it's very, very normal behavior. And Irina in, a, in the moment says like, it's a bit of a shock. I think there's a time and a place and it shouldn't have been done then. Which is like, that is what you did last week. Yeah. This is my biggest gripe with the show is like when the the hypocrisy that is revealed sometimes with like it literally, like people getting upset at something they themselves did like the right. week prior or the episode prior. But I guess it's like, I don't know if it feels that way when you're in it. I think it reveals something about people, which maybe we're not even that conscious of, mm-hmm. that our values change based on 
what is happening to us and maybe right. what is convenient to us and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and the yeah. goalposts shift out to like right. make our own behaviour feel acceptable. And it's yeah. different if you get caught and if you don't. Right, yeah. and there's also the question of line of sight, right? Like, So what we're seeing is that this happens with Bella and Lockie in front of the other women, whereas I don't have a memory of like the other kisses that have happened and whether they've been like behind and around or whether mm. other people have been able to see them. Like even when, uh, when Caitlin kissed Lockie, we saw that happen far and away, but Ariba and the other girls were kind of like over there and looking at it and watching on. So yeah. I think that visibility also plays into how this is received and it's not received well by Roxy. She cries and runs away. She says, well done, Bella, well done. And, like, of course, mm-hmm. she has to be comforted by Lockie, um, yeah. who, whose title at this point, I don't know if it's the bachelor or the babysitter. Mm. <laughs> the little bitchular. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's truly some gross manipulation in what she says here. She says, you could have given me a bit longer. Was I not good enough today? It seems everyone wants to rain on my parade. That was huge for me today. Huge. This is not your parade to rain on, Roxy. Right. Like yeah. every not the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is about parades is that they usually have more, they usually have more than two people in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it happened the last time that she had a little meltdown as well, where um she had that 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 uh, alone time with him, and then something else happened at the cocktail party and she was like, everyone, this is supposed to be my time to shine and everyone's ruining it. Right. This is exactly what she says again. Tonight is supposed to be my night and it keeps getting taken from me. And it's like, it's hurt language and it's also like learned language in exactly what you were saying before about uh, negative behavior being positively reinforced, but it's also blame language because she's almost taking uh, the idea that Lockie is the bachelor and removing Roxy's ability to be complicit in it, you know, Mm. like she's Mm. like taking her um, process or she's taking her willingness to be complicit in the process that she signed up for. And what happens is that we're in this situation where Lockie, the bachelor has to justify being the bachelor to one of the women who he's bacheloring who applied to be on The Bachelor. That's exactly right. Yeah, she's making him feel guilty for doing his job. And you see this in like, if, if this was a regular relationship, you would still look at it. Like if, if if my partner was making me feel guilty about working very hard, I would be like, this is not a healthy thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Truly, like, you know, it, it comes across as kind of manipulative because it's reality TV or whatever. But I think in the real world, you would you would see this type of thing in like an emotionally abusive relationship. It's totally. really yeah. distressing. Yeah. And, you know, it forces him to apologize for pretty normal behavior that everyone should be expecting. Yeah. Puts him on the back foot. And he has to be like, you know, and uh, you know, I, I think he's doing a pretty good job of trying to um, uh, explain how this situation is. He fair. does, yeah. He does. He does ask her, "Is this going to be a continuing thing for you?" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be hard for you, and I don't want to make it harder." Like, do you see this being a problem as things go forward? And then she kind of just goes like, "Oh no, I guess I'm going to be cool about it or whatever." Uh huh. And I don't think that she is quite willing to actually interrogate this thing that's inside her. And yeah. it's just, it's just like so again hypocritical because she's got a secret boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
And Why you, does she have to <laughs> <speak? laughs> And then you get this in the moment from her at the end, yeah. which is so blamey, which is like, if Bella wants to do that, if she wants to play dirty, I mean, we can all do that at the end of the day. It's like, I don't think Bella was playing dirty by accepting a kiss from someone yeah. she's dating. And she right. didn't bend over like a pretzel. <laughs> 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 it's true. <laughs> Nothing's dirtier. <laughs> and by the end pretzel. of the night, like, Roxy still has a rose and... It's sad, but it's also like a hopeful see in paradise to Laura, Ariba, Charlie, Gemma, and Marg. Rip Marg. Rip Marg. Oh, beloved Marg. Max, it's um the 100th episode, so yeah. can you do the pokey rap? Um, oh, true. Wait, hang on. Okay. Ready? Laura, Ariba, Charlie, Gemma, Marg. Menke. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot, babe. That was good, yeah. Very proud. Thank you. Rosemary Thank would you. be proud. <laughs> uh, who wants to who wants to eulogize any of these women? Look, I think Laura, I had a pretty bad initial read of her because she had some kind of like insensitive, um, racially charged things to say about Bali. Um, but I think she's really come through as like one of the great narrators of this season. Oh, she's fabulous. Um, so mm. and also she looked fucking incredible in that like green sparkly. <laughs> she looked like a Disney villain that was like a right. sexual awakening for all bisexual girls. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> but like if all of that was on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yes. yes. Truly, it's the glitter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Ariba, I think we've talked about at length how she was kind of underserved by this season. Uh, and how she had a lot to offer, but again, I feel like she's a she's a lock for paradise. Yeah, I think Ariva was great, and I think that she handled her exit flawlessly. She was just like, look, you know, if he likes basic girls, that's fine, but I'm not basic, and that's mm. a like that's a great villain yeah. exit. It's like, a good angle, yeah. It's just being like, I know my worth. Right. And ya. she didn't like him either. And she was on the project the next day, and she was just like, look, it was pretty obvious that we didn't have any chemistry. Yeah. 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 And she was just like deuces and she was out and it was great. And I also love um loved having Marg representation on the on the show, just people with weird names. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're gonna say as a fan of uh, Margaritas. Margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Gemma also like really cemented herself as a memorable character from this season. For sure. Bring her to paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Um Was she human chest? Yes. Yes. <sighs> And also, I want to say Charlie. Like, yeah, has, mud bath. The mud bath was such a great moment. And you would think that that would, you know, guarantee her a little bit more extra time. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if it was ever really going to happen. How right. COVID safe is a mud bath? <laughs> um, <laughs> doubt it. Yeah, not good. Yeah. It's not just not COVID safe. It's like not fungal infection safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a handful of compelling reasons not yeah. to do that, I guess. Yeah. And so it's a big goodbye also to Marg uh, and her friends Tequila and Scorpion. <laughs> Salt and lime. <laughs> uh, but what's wild is the show's not over. We need to piff all of this out the car window because it's a literal global pandemic and we have to stop production. Yeah. Mm. It's down to the top 10. And then uh, Osh is like, Lucky, come here. They have some horrible news. <laughs> the grandpa. <laughs> granddad. He I lied. He's not, he's not doing well at all. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> that man's ill. Yeah. And now Osha explains that the pandemic has, in fact, cooked us all. This it must be around your March 26 when the show stopped and we break the screen into these little zoom windows in a really interesting bit of editing that sure. I liked heaps. Loved it. Trey Artistish. 
And we also hear Lockie say that, uh, quote, a lot of his heart has been ripped out by not being able to see his 10 girlfriends anymore because mm. of the selfish selfish global bat pandemic. Obviously not all of his heart. <laughs> yeah. Because he does, I think, didn't he get caught with someone from maths? <laughs> I think, he got caught. <laughs> I think he did. And then he, During they... the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, in between. Yep, yep. Uh, and, you know, because obviously the future of this season was completely not locked in. And I imagine they asked him to stay single during this time, but also like the man's doing some DMing, whatever. What can yeah, he do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big super spreader vibes here. Fully. Where does he live? Bali. Bali. <laughs> Where did he do the lockdown? Oh, stuff, WA. Though? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we continue to The Bachelor Australia. I've spelled it A-U-S-T-T-A-L-I-A. Season 8, episode 8. I hated that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Are you the demon this. from uh, Tenacious D's song tribute? <laughs> we said nay. <laughs> we are but horses. <laughs> <laughs> And we begin with a montage of Lockie swimming in a hot pool and all the women doing a bunch of ISO stuff. Lockie's like, it feels like it's been weeks. And I'm like, could you please make it a bit more clear how long <laughs> it's actually been? <laughs> yeah, like, has, is that an understatement or an overstatement? Right. It's like, I, I don't know. Maybe they're hoping that they can, they can kind of weirdly obscure how much time. Because that's what they do, generally speaking, right? They don't yeah. want you to really be able to figure out, like, what dates things were happening and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but Even just times, like how late is it at that cocktail right. party? Yeah. No, but I think knows. just like through the lens of everything that's happened here and, and considering how honest and open they're being about some things, it's really strange when they're like, oh yeah, it feels like, you know, like. Right. Yeah, it's literally been weeks. Right. What are we, what is there to discuss? And the other <laughs> thing is like, we see all of them just like checking their phones and stuff. Yeah. I can't, I mean, this, this is when I truly, like my head popped off. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I can't watch the show normally because i just uh, it's so wrong and weird it's so strange featuring the most unfair edit of juliet that i've ever seen (laughs) just her dancing to no music like that's so mean they would have been like oh do it like i don't know maybe you're learning a tiktok dance or something she's like right got it cranks up music and then they just remove it get rid of all the sound (laughs) and they have a foley person even come in and do like little yeah, they're like, exactly. this is funnier footstep, without footstep. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're doing ISO stuff, basically, like exercise and Jenga and baking. And then weirdly, also, a bunch of women seem to be watching this one show. Did anyone uh, catch this Netflix series called The Tiger Guy? Tiger King. Oh, no, The Tiger Guy. The Tiger Guy. Yeah, it was like this a guy who loves tigers? No, Tiger King. I think you've forgotten because it was pretty big at the start of ISO. It was a little while ago now. But yeah, yeah it, was it was The, the Tiger Guy. Tiger guy. And um, it was Tiger King. Who's you're very cute. Oh, you know what, guys? Yeah, I think it was the Tiger King. Oh. I think you're right. You're right. Yep. And then he guys, had that I'm tragic a pop accident. Phenomenon. I know <laughs> not know the name of another pop culture phenomenon. <laughs> anyway, listeners, um, check out the Tiger Guy on Netflix. <laughs> um, it's very cute watching. Not much drama, and uh, you're in for something soothing and full of woke praxis. I think. I think people should also what? check out He's Queer Guy. 
it's like a reboot of the show yeah. from the early 2000s. Yeah. So what happens is we see that all of the women are gifted with laptops and GoPro cameras as part of the show's attempt to recreate itself as the Bachelor Love in Lockdown. Oh my God, it's so crazy. It's so good. Because they're like, ding dong. And they're like, huh? <laughs> a secret surprise. <laughs> with a camera? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, we're dating online. And interestingly, it seems like these 10 girls have actually scandalously all fallen for the same man. And now... It's up to our co-hosts Neve Shulman and New Edition Cammy Crawford <laughs> to get to the bottom I love of things. Cammie. Have you guys seen the Bok Bok Bitch episode of Catfish yet? Oh, no, because so Stan good. only has up to like season six. Uh-huh. But we just figured out that the new ones are on binge. Yep. You which... gotta get yourself a fetch box. Is it pre-max or post-max? It's post-max. I love post-max. I get it from the cinemas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. They they had like a season where they trialed different hosts. And then Cammy was one of those. And then obviously she was amazing. Wow. So they were like, let's settle on her. Yeah. It's called Bok Bok. No. Is it about <laughs> the chicken? <laughs> it's called Catfish. But there's this, oh, Max, you tell it. Sorry. Okay. I've, I've done that thing where I take over your story and I'm like, it's funnier <laughs> if I say it. Please remain in silence now. <laughs> over to you. So basically, Cammy's the co-host and... They find out that this woman has been catfishing a bunch of people and they confront her. And this woman finds out that Cammy's the new co-host and instead of calling her by her name, she just keeps calling her this bird. And she's like, I can't stand this bird. Oh, this bird? I don't want to talk to this bird. And Cammy, the new co-host, in her very first episode as the co-host of Catfish, <laughs> is like, well, bok bok, bitch, here I am. <laughs> so good. We should get Cammy on the show. Let's let's reach out to. Cammie. Do you reckon she'd do a cameo? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I love her. I love you, Cammy. If you're listening, yeah, friend <laughs> of the pod, Cammy. <laughs> so now we break our screen into pieces. Where Osha, sort is of the last resort, from <laughs> from the Bachelor Mansion, and the women are all at home. So the logistics, the construction. It is a wild new show, don't you think? Yeah, it's really strange. It's a big adjustment. I think I talked about this before that just like, I can't look at it straight, you know? It yeah. is some of the best television, like reality television that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, right. I it was love really it. Good. I love it. And I honestly almost wish that it was airing during when we were in lockdown because it actually gives such good ideas for like, ways of using zoom or like little right. activities that you can do yeah. so i think that like you know maybe melbourne's watching it now and being like well cool maybe i'll have a because it's so hard to date in lockdown like it's right melbourne's like cool maybe i'll drink a vat of wine maybe <laughs> i will cook mints in a fry pan and <laughs> nothing else <laughs> have you heard about baths though? <laughs> actually in my house no <laughs> The virtual dates, the virtual rose ceremonies, virtual the background of the show is mm. so different. And as we say, there are clearly producers and camera teams and maybe Foley's with the women. The timeline, as you say, is what, six weeks, maybe even up to two months of this. And the advantage of having this break-in format is perhaps unlike in the mansion, we see new women coming through with different skills that might play better to the pandemic format. They did make one serious foible, though. Talk to me. It was investing in poor quality loungewear that won't be worn again outside <laughs> of the pandemic, namely the onesies oh. that will just go to landfill. Um, yeah, and that, true. you know, I just feel like some people did get 
you know, you were like, oh, wow, I need comfortable clothes. Mm. But just think about the planet. Mm. Think about longevity when you're investing in loungewear as well as regular clothes. Danny, you're a fashion icon. Do you have any loungewear tips? My tips would be to go for um, natural fibres. So cottons, linens, cashmere, if your budget, you know, allows it. Provides it, it, yeah. Um, And then I would go for different... um, shades within the same hue you know like different grays so things can be worn together Mm. like you have a couple of different gray track pants and then like a couple of different like a hoodie and then like a sweat type vibe Mm. um i wouldn't invest in like a giraffe costume that zips (laughs) up Mm. and is looks like it might light on fire if you get too (laughs) close to the oven or something i was also gonna say clearly not knowing as much about fashion as you, mm-hmm. but if you're looking at like loungewear, I would avoid things like a tuxedo, <laughs> yeah. or like a ball gown, yeah. or like, you know, a corset or something. Those things you're going to find a bit more restrictive. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay to buy things that are like, you know, less expensive, but just think about whether you're going to wear them, you know, year in, year out mm. still. Yeah. I mean, again, like the, I can't stress this enough. Like the animal costumes are just like <laughs> I don't know if they'll be in next yeah, season. Especially and with then the way I the just, world's going, yeah. because obviously in the they're years. extremely yeah. trendy right now. Yeah, <laughs> they were trendy in 2013. I That's remember what that very clearly. Me. In year 12, like, we had when onesie Wednesday on our muck-up yes. week. Uh-huh. I think it's something that you wear while listening to Yay Sayer and then not again. <laughs> so what we're seeing here is Izzy really coming into her own. This is the chilly woman on night one. (laughs) Right. And I think this is an interesting thing because they have been able to interact in very different settings and sort of text and call each other to what degree we don't really know, but like that, you know, different women have been using that functionality more and less than others. That was fascinating. Yeah. I would love a lot more detail on. Yeah. Um, But apparently someone who has really come through since leaving the mansion is Izzy. And so she gets the first single day. It's kind of interesting what happens when you're not competing against 25 other women for Lachlan's attention. Sure. You know, like they're all of a sudden in these more conventional dating one-on-one environments and she gets to be funny over text and on FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. And it sort of seems like Lachlan gets to appreciate that. Whereas in the actual bachelor format, maybe that wouldn't have been accounted for. I think that's such an important part of modern dating as well is the way that you text. Like I remember when I was single, if anyone texted me with a capital letter, out. I'm sorry. I'm a lowercase girl. <laughs> yeah, no. True. Oh yeah. Sentence oh, yeah. case. You got to no. <laughs> sentence, I'm sentence a lowercase girl in a sentence case world. Was my Tinder bio? <laughs> no fucking joke. Where's the decorum? Oh, I just want to show everyone how chill and <laughs> low <low-maker's> like. <laughs> I don't really mean in this. You know? Yeah. Just, it's off the cuff. Um, what emojis you use? Like those little crying, laughing emojis? Not about mm, it. Out. out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Too many I, eggplants I is an issue. Do, yeah. <laughs> I would do so poorly on The Bachelor and also this iteration known as Love in <laughs> Lockdown because I am just so bad at, like, my idea of texting is, like, someone writes to me. I read it straight away, but then you can't mark it unread. So I'm like, I'll reply to that later when I have more time. Then three months goes by and I'm this. like, <laughs> yeah. And then I reply and I'm like, no. <laughs> 
hey, it's been a while. If you're still wondering if you want to <laughs> yeah. hang out tomorrow, three months ago, yeah. can't do it. Yeah, I've had to turn, I've always had my red receipts on. Otherwise, I will never reply. I'll oh, open things smart. and I'll be getting about it. Yeah. So, yeah, Is it about I, the account? Yeah, the definitely, accountability. Yeah. Oh, that's so clever. It's another way of, like, it's telling about people. It's also telling whether if you're texting someone, whether they have an Android or not, because oh right. yeah, and then it's like goodbye. Yeah, unfortunately, sorry, sorry. to all the Android listeners, but Steve Jobs didn't die, so I could fucking date a. And also, Steve Jobs John didn't. Hodgman. Steve Jobs didn't die to put another sticker over the back of your Mac. True. Like I, that personally offended me as an avid <laughs> Apple user. I do want one of those stickers though. No. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a no from the first of the pod. Also, like I do too many X's. For like everyone, like between one, one is like keep it professional, like that's for finance. That's a professional number of kisses. And then like four is like <laughs> I'm in a hurry, <laughs> <laughs> and or like I'm bad at socializing and I've just said a one word answer, but I've put four X's. Do you reckon Roxy would get upset if she found out there was an X <laughs> at the end of some of these? <laughs> Roxy is that person that reads into those and is like, oh, Danny gave me one X. She's, she's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we need to bring more O's into the forefront. Just some I like, know, but you can, if you do like, O O O, then just ooh. In this era? <laughs> no. Danny O. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky <laughs> um, says that what he likes about Izzy is that she's a bit nutty, a bit crazy, fun, and exciting. Quote, exactly like me. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. He's so zany, guys. He's just a, <laughs> don't you think those are just synonyms? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, like, it's this ongoing thing where it's like, wow, women are funny or like <laughs> different or they don't be silly. They bathe. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yep. She's aware of the bath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Do we also think that whoever shipped over the microphones shipped over those bath ledges? Like, so you can have like your drink on. Oh, true. Definitely. Like, because oh. not every, like, you don't really see a lot of those. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, she peeked into her box and there's a red onion and a lime <laughs> and a big like a bath soft tape. wood. A bath thing. Tape. What's that called? Like <laughs> an yeah. entire spa bath. Yeah, Instructions yeah. for plumbing. <laughs> the contents of an entire bed bath and beyond. <laughs> and like four coloured votives <laughs> that I I just hate so much. <laughs> Where is the chic? Yeah. <laughs> there's so many candle brands. Like, yeah. Glassware. All right. Talk to us about. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I can't endorse on, mm-hmm. the, on the pod. How do we feel about Glass House? I love Glass House. Okay, cool. They're great. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's more like these like colorful, um, like they've got like the indents in them. Like um, uh-huh. they look a bit like, you know, like what's in like a whiskey glass, but like they've, they're on the cocktail glasses and stuff. And oh, Like yeah. some people have like green ones and red ones in the mansion. Mm. And they've just like packaged those up in bubble wrap and like shipped <laughs> them across Australia. <laughs> I don't know. I just think, you know, let's rethink our glassware. Literally, they're probably the same ones from the mansion. Yeah. I will speak up in favor of Glasshouse because I love Corinne Grant. Oh. I love Will Anderson. Oh. And I love Dave Hughes. Knew where that was going as soon as it left your mouth. And Did you have to look up who was on That is the house? sweet no, spot. <laughs> I was just checking. That was Don't nice. throw stones, Danny. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll put some holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> we're cooking tacos. That's what we're doing. 
Oh, we get sorry, the chili thing again. About the bath, which I brought up like a bath. We'll talk about. Um, yeah, Lockie seems to cook a slab of meat, doesn't he? Yeah. So she goes like, "Are you gonna use your chili?" And he's like, uh, uh. "He's like, no." no he goes, no. "Real men eat mild." <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Me then, too. Which is great because it's like he clearly chose this dish, right? Right. But apparently, it is. Xavier was so excited. When the chili got up. <laughs> we just looked at each other and we were like, it's happening. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> and so there's also a bit about coriander. Sure. What is that? I mean, this is a whole thing, isn't it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I is it is it too hot for him? Oh yeah, it might be. Yeah. Do I have to play it again? <laughs> he did didn't he say that capsicums were too hot? He did. For he him? did. So maybe I've di- I've dated men that do not like any flavour. Like they don't like to eat, but they have to because they want to gain weight for muscles. These and are stuff. the people mm. that end up drinking. Okay, don't pull up breast my spot, Evie. <laughs> but yeah, you see you see you see at the end of their cooking that she's made this beautiful spread and it's yeah. got salsa and it's got pico de gallo I wrote and down it, everything that's in it, and he's got mincing and he's got a rice. big <laughs> pot of brown <laughs> that's what it is it's yeah. the fa- main food group of his right. diet which is brown cuz Izzy's got like interestingly he's got hard shell tacos and she's got soft shell tacos oh do you know what this could be gluten he could, oh. he could be gluten-free. Are they going to mm. argue about she it on the Old El Paso app? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but he's got like some sliced tomatoes, some like boring mixed leaves, and then this big vat of brown. And then she's got like pico de gallo, as you said, a big bowl of chunky guac. Like fresh actual food. Yeah, and like a big bowl of hot sauce, obviously. Did they yeah. get delivered different boxes? Like did he, right. go, did he go Hello Fresh and she went You Foods? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's like trying to guide her through it, and he's like, you know, oh, have you got your, uh, you know, your onion out, or is your pan hot, or whatever? But <laughs> they clearly end up with two completely Very different, different foods. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them fucked it up so badly they just had to get takeaway. Yeah, Lockie's like, no, oh, you put the just... entire avocado in the blender. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like he just like went like glunk with like a whole tin of refried beans, yeah, and then was like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to now, what up... you want to do is talk to Guzman and Gomez, <laughs> if you can get on the line You can well. get both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Danny, just a second ago, you mentioned that Lockie was one of those men who was going to end up drinking breast milk. Yeah. Which All right. Can men? we talk on that? Yeah. Let's, let's speak on that. Are you talking about babies? Because... He's <laughs> <laughs> a big baby. No, okay. he's all right. Um, there's a new Netflix series that we've been watching called Unwell. And, and there's, uh-huh. there's like, they, they go through like... I guess things that are kind of divisive or like have a cult following like essential oils is like the perfect example of an episode. So it's like the people who um, swear by it, swear by it, the people in like the pyramid scheme, the people who have been like burnt by the pyramid scheme, like a woman whose autistic daughter sleeps better when she's got the lavender essential oil on and you hear like a range of perspectives. Mm hmm. One of them is on breast milk. And people who and, drink it. And like, yeah, this guy's like, um, for the gym, he drinks breast milk. Um, don't worry, there's always a part of the episode where the scientist comes and you're mm. like, we're good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and on this episode, the scientist was like, please, grown man, stop drinking breast milk. There are babies that don't have enough Danny, milk. <laughs> does he tell you where he gets it from? Yes. Yeah, so he went on Facebook and found a woman he knew that was pregnant 
And the best part was when he milks he, when he, <laughs> this is everything that's wrong with the dairy industry. <laughs> when he met when he meets her, he tries to like have a go at her. Like, oh, do you always meet women? Um, do you always meet? <laughs> do you always <laughs> do you always meet, meet men. men and give them breast milk? Like, and he's and he and she's like looking at him like you just paid me fifty dollars for like <laughs> <laughs> you know a squeeze of my boob like <laughs> like but also for example i learned that there are um conditions that make you like produce breast milk for longer like say after your child stops breastfeeding mm. um and o- and also overproduce it to the point where this woman couldn't have a regular job because she had to express milk so often um and she was one of the women selling it. So then you're like, oh, cool. She's like making money out of this thing that like otherwise would affect her ability to work. Um, anyway, the guy that drinks it is just like he I feel like Lockie's one step away from like that brown Mexican mush to just being like, have you heard about breast milk? <laughs> <laughs> the Bachelor is just an elaborate ploy to get yeah. a woman. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to say the um, correct terminology for a, a thing of breast milk is actually a honka honka. Oh, Max. <laughs> I thought it was a moaning myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that selling your breast milk is kind of the like game of girl bathwater. Oh, like, yeah. Stepped up to the next level. Truly, truly. And speaking of bathwater. Oh, this is good. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, I'll explain later. Lucky <laughs> and Izzy. In the bath. I didn't together. think he had a bath. I've seen the floor. <laughs> <laughs> On Zoom. Uh-huh. That's it. Right. I, I like that Lockie kicks things off with a joke. He, um, like, when his camera turns on, he's wearing floaties and a swimming cap. Yeah. Which is, like, a fairly good bit. And Izzy absolutely loses Oh, it. she loses her mind. <laughs> Can you see me? Ready for my Goodness. I also like um <laughs> the like in between this is um there's like a girl chat that happens, but it's over Zoom. This thing we talked about last week of girl chat, yeah, where it's yeah. like this engineered little moment. I, for a I bunch actually of... don't listen to the podcast, so I don't know what the girl chat was, but that sounds sexist. <laughs> well, it is. It's a. It's like a. It's like a term used by producers. Like right. it's a. It's not something that the boys made up, but it is a very sexist thing that happens. Yeah. Um, oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on the money here. You're yes, money. for sure. Ka-ching. Um. But essentially, it's like this engineered little moment where they tell them all to discuss a certain thing. Is this where they? revealed how often they talk to him yes, yes. Yeah, yeah okay like gotcha. they didn't have to have that conversation the producers put them together and said we're talking about this and then yeah because all... you need the zoom link we all know that now. right yeah. <laughs> so nicole arena juliet maddie bella and steph all sign on to zoom with like full face of makeup <laughs> and like nothing's happening but they just have to kind of like chat about what's going on and like how izzy got the single date even though they don't really know that much about her and it must be because they've been chatting so much off camera, whatever. 
it's like this type of interaction is so normal within the mansion, but it's so strange to see it happen on Zoom. Right. Because you can't help but think like everyone had to like make sure their angle was correct and like readjust their audio settings and like all that kind of stuff. And you can see when Lockie hops into the Zoom chat later, all the women are like flicking their hair and all of a sudden doing their adjustments to yeah. get their angles right. It's fascinating. Yeah. Can we talk about the like um Lockie in the bath? like gone girl ben affleck moment <laughs> oh yeah where like he stood up to get a drink and like you know on, uh, there's this scene in um gone girl where, where you, you can actually see look yes. i and i was like is that on, happening but i've done some digging oh tell me i've more. done some digging you've done some digging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have one uh, <laughs> uh no i have been conf- it's been confirmed that it wasn't his dick oh his hand I get them mixed up all Old the time. Dickheads. Yeah, because yep. some people, some people have yep. like those kind of like flaccid pink hands. Yeah, like yep. that kind of like with like a force wriggly and. Um, I thought you were gonna say you did some deep dive on The Bachelor where you had like you were pausing like frame by frame. <laughs> I have the photo of Lockie. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh. I um, do have it. Here it is. Oh, so it is. Yeah, like that's that's. Oh dear. <laughs> just a hand. Yeah. It doesn't um, look like it though, does it? Just it doesn't look like it. It does look like his ding dong dang, but mm. um. Is dinkle? Is that what? Is... <laughs> 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 oh, I'm uh, uncomfortable. Mm, um. There's there's the moment where we learn that Maddie, who has kind of been in the background, is like, oh, I didn't even have a phone call with Lockie. In I didn't months? know that was really a thing. And then Irina says, like, I was getting upset if I didn't get a phone call every day. Right. And this is the stuff that I'm super interested in because everything that happens from this point has been influenced by a a period of time that's as long as the usual season is. Right. That's happened in between. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like they really want to interrogate that because it must be kind of difficult. Yeah. But... All of that stuff is the most important thing about this season. Right. All and the most interesting thing about this season. Of This is like what's happened off camera. And it's why Izzy is all of a sudden popping and right. Lockie is all of a sudden interested. And it's also why like Steph, who was incredible on the granddad date in episode mm. two, was like, oh no, I only ever made sure that he called me. Yeah. And the other women are like, fuck that. I got on the phone on FaceTime every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Uh, it was interesting that Roxy was not in this chat. True. True. Yeah. I think that that would have been very upsetting. <laughs> right. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sure. we've got enough of her uh, sour face in being upset. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, what's the what's the appropriate thing for Lockie here? Like, what is the right amount of time that you need to be spending on the phone? with your 10 girlfriends for two months. Well, I reckon this is an indicator of the winner because I feel like they would have had, like, you've got to call or text, like, minimum once a month. And then yeah. that was, like, the Maddies were, like, they'd received this certain number of calls and texts. Yeah. And then the Bella and Irina's were, like, oh, no, I talked to him, like, I text him all day. Yeah. Mm. And it quickly becomes, like, a full-time job for him as well. And what are the semantics of... um you being on FaceTime or being on speakerphone with one of the girls, but then you're texting another girl while that's... I like none of it. Well, I guess it's interesting because, like, if you're a single person in 2020, which none of us are, obviously, so, you know, not too qualified to discuss it. Who can say? Yeah. I think there's now an expectation that if you are sort of texting with someone or... I mean, particularly over COVID, 
like if you're texting with someone or calling someone now and then or whatever, I don't think the expectation is that that's the only person that you're talking to right, right now, you know? Okay. And particularly, obviously, with The Bachelor, that is viewed through a different lens. But like, I think it's more normal than ever for you to kind of be in a few people's DMs. Yeah. You know, there should almost be the expectation that that's happening. Sure. It's Yeah, it's fascinating. I just can't imagine it as... um. Like, I can't imagine turning to you and being like, but you went on your nine other fiancés bachelor podcasts. <laughs> right. I just want screenshots. That's really what I want from, like, the Fuck rest of the yeah. season. It's just, like, yeah. export all the fucking Receipts. data. Yeah, truly. Yeah. yeah. I think they'll come out. You reckon? I reckon after the grand final, like, finale's aired, they'll be able to post things like, well, he said this and have their screenshots mm. ready to go if there was anything going on there. If not even worked into the narrative. I wonder if they will sort of turn around and be like, yeah, here's mm. a thing that fucking he sent me. Or whatever. Mm, mm. Totally. So back in the bath. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry, we are drowning in a lot of other elements. Right. The show, yeah. There's so much, um, you know, like not what I would call really interesting conversation, but I think that firstly, I like that Izzy is kind of carrying it. She's going really well as someone who thrives in this one-on-one Zoom environment. Yeah. There's some funny gags with Lockie's butt and with the... Mm-hmm. Um, the... It's kind of horny. Yeah, it's a little bit horny. Because like, we're talking about the bubbles and like, can you get the bubbles out of the way and all that stuff. He's not that horny of a guy. Like, no. he's no. got real himbo energy, yeah. which is endearing enough. But like, he, he doesn't seem that flirty. He never really... Like, she was doing... I reckon she was doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, which is awesome to see. Yeah. And it's maybe... also to see... It's good to see that, you know, like a woman on being flirty and horny and not getting shamed for it. For right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think Bachelor is forcing forcing him to be on his best behavior. Um, Do you reckon? I see. I think that he seems like a really genuine guy, but I think he seems too genuine in that he's genuine about everyone. <laughs> like I think yeah. that he's going to fall in love with all of them, mm. and that's fine if he's into that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a continuum. You can love different amounts of different people at the same time. I think that's all you know to be expected, and probably what we will end up seeing to an extent on this season. Mm. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that I really liked the, um, oh, if I was there, I would give you a kiss. The yeah. whole situation of, like, doing a long-distance relationship, which, yeah. I mean, you guys kind of did it, right? Yeah. yeah. we did it for a while. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? It was cute. Um, We FaceTimed a bit. Um. Because we first met when we were living in different cities. Yeah, I, we met over Twitter, didn't we? Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, and we just kind of talked on the phone, but we didn't... And, we, and I think the main thing that we did was, like, live watch movies together. That was our yeah. big um, long-distance relationship, LDR. Which you can't do on TV. No. No, no. I'd, I'd watch that. Oh, but you got to get the right. Yeah, because it's yeah. Gogglebox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn it. thought I had a good attitude. Mm. And also, it was... Um, there was always an end date in mind as in like we could just fly over if we needed to see each other but right. there but it's a bit different like love in lockdown where you don't know when you'll actually be able to be face to face right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so the date ends with a rose and it ends with Izzy like 
lifting up this towel on the floor oh, and there's the magically a rose there. Yeah. Because had it been there the entire time? I don't know. I think so. Or maybe whatever producer or handler or whatever. Like... Maybe the psychic and her had a phone call. <laughs> like, you should bring one along. <laughs> I love the way that they have to navigate the, the giving of a rose yeah. where he has one and he holds it towards the camera and we all just collectively decide to uh, agree that that's working. Cinematic By the magic, transitive baby. property. Right. Because yeah. we thought it would be an emoji that would flash up on screen. Literally. So they've done better than that at least. Yeah. But it's so weird. Like the rose ceremony that's about to happen is truly bizarre so she gets a rose which is great and now it's time for a group date and this is where the producer intervention becomes such a thing for this episode yeah we've borrowed from the bachelor in paradise cocktail party it's a bula banquet yeah Mm -hmm. we've fully bula banqueted it but digital (laughs) so what happens is that there are a bunch of women who are invited on the date and we get to ask questions anonymously of each other and of Lockie. I think you might be missing a fundamental part of that date, Max. Talk to me about it. Uh, they're in animal onesies. No, Danny, <laughs> can I get your... I Do you have, have thoughts. <laughs> Danny, if you were an animal onesie, which one would you be? What's your fursona, if you will? I just don't want to, I like don't want to cover myself in polyester <laughs> with a zip like all the way up. Like so you would be so a mink. Feathered, yeah. <laughs> right. you You're wearing like... your own skin already. <laughs> you'd be a sheep. I'm more of a linen jumpsuit gal. Yeah. Okay. Hairless cats of Instagram. We'll, um, we'll send you a photo. Xavi, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what would you be? Um, I like the shark one because I've got a shark costume. You do, yeah. you do. Juliet has this shark costume and she's like, why did I get the shark? Yeah, what's up with that? What does that mean? As if there's like a hot animal. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> <laughs> Evie, the floor's yours. <laughs> As somewhat, no. Um, <laughs> Please. Okay, well, when I was... <laughs> okay, when I was younger and impressionable, I was on a virtual dog forum, which is just like Neopets, but with dogs. And this is actually how I got into drawing, right? I'm an illustrator and I got into drawing by going on the art community of this virtual dog forum. And what I didn't realize was that I was being slowly indoctrinated into the furry community. Ooh. It was fun. You I, hear the term virtual dog forum and you think, <laughs> how innocent and nice. Yeah, totally. And you know what? Some of the nicest people I've ever met. And it was never anything sexual or anything like that. So I'm a big, I'm a big ally. Um, but mm. uh-huh. but what is it? What? So I didn't bring people... this up to mock you. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, it's actually my favorite thing about you. But it's now, it's now. <laughs> I, I thought we were talking about pet insurance. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. Um, but it's now, I feel like a real good talent of mine coming out of that to, to pick everyone's personas. Okay. Mm. So... Xavier, I think you've got to be a bear. Okay, I was going to say like a turtle or something, but they're not very furry. No, because okay. you, you're you're very cuddly, and um, I just think of you and I think of Paddington. Oh, so that's true. well, that's an honor, and thank you. <laughs> that is an honor yeah. for you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Looking yeah. at you, Danny, mm. I would say doe, a deer, oh. a female deer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Max, meerkat. Ray, a golden ray. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah, I got big um, peeping up and trying to see what people are doing and acting very skitterish. Yeah, energy. Yeah. And by the way, thank you for letting us record this episode at Meerkat Manor. <laughs> <laughs> and may I say, soft little paws. Oh, yeah. Sharp, Sharp paws. Sharp paws. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, 
Thanks for letting me do that segment, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So we get these anonymous questions. <laughs> yes. And some of them are very scandalous. And some of them are like, Caitlin, what have you been doing in lockdown? <laughs> Which is the <laughs> most like, softball question you've ever heard. Okay, Which I love. Are these just... Are these written by the producers? And like, are they? Is there a producer in the Zoom sending them? A pretty good question. Like, because, because Caitlin's I just ready to think go with her thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Just, she has a prop. Yeah, she has a whole prop. Like, she just has a wheelbarrow there, and she's just like, I know exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> and a rake, and gardening <laughs> yeah. gloves, and a pile of leaves. Like, fuck, she's funny. Oh, the, it's great. The like the more accusatory ones, like. Are so funny. Yeah, it's just Juliet. Like... Are you being honest about being celibate for twelve years, or did you mean twelve days? It's like <laughs> yeah, Jesus, just... that was really catty. I didn't like that at all, and it remind like to be outed as someone who's celibate. I think is it's a very personal thing, and for to do sure. it on na- national yeah. television, they do it on an episode of Unreal, actually. Um, where they yeah. have you guys mm, seen Unreal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Where they they out one of the contestants as being like. A virgin, and it's like a whole thing. And she was just like, "I didn't want this to be right. out and about." And yeah. it looks like Juliet was just like, "Guys, that's." It really puts her up against it, and she has to sort of defend herself later in the episode. Yeah, and we hear her talking about how she found Jesus and all this kind of stuff, mm. and like, I don't know, it's her information to share, and it yeah. yeah was kind of sucky for it to be shared in that way. Totally. And it's the same thing with Roxy's secret boyfriend, right? Who she clearly didn't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have a secret boyfriend? No, Let's why does she have a secret boyfriend? <laughs> that's not the question, Max. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I assume the answer people. is to get that dick, though. You know, right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've been in isolation. Like, you know, if he's if Lockie's been with someone on maths. Right. Like, what? <laughs> Lockie, what are you trying to achieve with your secret girlfriend? Yeah. But both of those questions are like taking away anyone's agency because you're just like not even asking... Do you, are you a celibate person? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, why are you a celibate person with (laughs) a secret boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) And Roxy gets really upset by it. She's not happy. She's really upset by it. Which, okay. Okay. So first of all, she's just like playing along with it being like, haha, guys, like if you tell me who he is, haha. And then she like starts like. Processing. She keeps going. Like she just keeps talking and just starts like getting angrier and angrier until she's just like. I think there must be some level of like producers being like, oh, we didn't get the shot or like, you know, like we have to keep talking about this for a little while longer or something. And she eventually gets fed up. Yeah. This is the first time though that I've encountered the digital storm off. Oh, it's the, it's the best. It's so interesting where she just gets the shits and turns the zoom off. She has fucking left the chat. <laughs> Which you can't do in the mansion, really, because there's no. cameras everywhere, but she can just turn them off She's and like, sit with yeah. her dog in the picnic yeah. rug. She's like, okay, I'm going to go fucking watch like animal YouTube or something. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. literally just change windows. Right, and we pick back up on this um, situation a little bit later, mm. but the way that it plays out is that Roxy all of a sudden discovers this autonomy to be like... Yeah can't deal with it and you know reinforcing bad behavior i'm gonna get attention from this so roxy leaves the chat right and then Lockie gives the group date rose to caitlin because of the gardening thing because she didn't get asked a terrible question i guess sure uh and she says this is a really tough time to get a rose so it feels amazing which is funny because, like, you can't just go out and get a rose. Anymore. <laughs> not from your garden. garden. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy teases, I'm not going to be a part of something where people are going to treat me like this. I'm not coming back. And it's genuinely quite exciting to me because, like, A, 
maybe not such a bad idea. Like, as we've said, it's not the best environment for her. And B, like, can you imagine how fucking historic it would be if someone literally just logged out of The Bachelor? (laughs) (laughs) Be that girl, Roxy. Mm. You know, don't do this, whatever you're doing at the moment. Mm. Log off. Right. That's fine. And the other thing I want to double back on is Caitlin. who She gets this confessional being like, oh, it sucks. I hate being on zoom and doing all this but i'm here so i might as well make the most of it and then she fucking does yeah she hates it fantastic yeah it's really funny she just like finds a way to show off so much of her personality she's got great comic timing yeah yeah Yeah. and she logs off in a different way because she gardens and that presumably (laughs) involves (laughs) (laughs) wood chopping logging on yeah So then we get to the cocktail party. Yeah. And like, they're all dressed up like normal. I don't know if they're like provided the dresses or they, you We're know. We're going they... into our own wardrobes here. They in definitely the... provided the dresses. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, are they waiting at the Airbnbs when they get there? Or... <laughs> and also the drinks that they're all drinking is another question I have. Cause it's like, they could have gone with like a Jimmy Brings or like a Tipple or whatever, like some kind of sponsorship, but they don't. And they just happen to have the drinks in the glassware as we're talking about and all that kind of stuff. What did you make, Danny, of Bella's vase of wine? I loved it. <laughs> Wasn't that the most relatable thing that's ever happened For on sure. The Bachelor in terms of, like, I don't know about anyone else, but I just drank so much in lockdown. Yeah, totally. Like, Especially there was nothing on, like, a group else to soon. do except eat cheese and drink, like, two <laughs> bottles of rosé. Sit on the balcony and we were drinking gin. Okay, this is my other thing. I think balconies are, like, the unsung hero of the lockdown sure. like how good was just sitting on the balcony yeah it's like all you could really do yeah did you guys have an outdoor area i mean you guys had an outdoor area for a yeah, little while yeah mm. bella's vase is a distiller though yeah That's, yeah, is yeah. It like okay, a... we all know that right yes. yeah okay yeah cool, cool cool you don't put but i don't there. think you <laughs> i don't think you put <laughs> rosé in those <laughs> though no, aren't they I think for red wine it's probably yeah. one that she had but because obviously they can't show the bottle because it's not brand oh, everyone's ah. like decanter into something yeah yeah someone decanter, on twitter clarified yeah. this for us let me see here i just like i'm pretty sure they're for red wine which rosé is half red though and half white Right? Great That's point. how you make it. That's true. Mm. You get two bottles and you pour them in together. Yeah. <laughs> so someone did get in touch via Instagram to unpack this for us. Decant it for us? Decant it for us. That's right. Um, Myra <laughs> says, who decants white wine? This is what I wanted to know. But I thought it was like a rosé or an orange wine, maybe. So Myra says... Uh, it looks like an aged white, in which case Bella has expensive taste in wine, and I'm here for it. How delicious is a 2004 Semillon? Anyone that owns a decanter has to have good taste in wine. You yeah. don't put your $11 El Toro from Aldi in a decanter. <laughs> that just wastes time. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the decanter. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth. <laughs> uh, Lockie stands up, revealing that he's not wearing pants. Which is pretty great bit. It was a good bit for like the start of ISO, but we I guess that's it, so true. it's been on like three different ads. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. also it was like kind of like another take on like the oh I put my drink over there in the bath situation. Yeah, I'm like, wearing but goggles. This, just this time it was like shorts or something. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin, I think maybe she meant to say 
the uh, cocktail party, but she says this virtual cocktail's weird, but I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> I'm like, it's real. <laughs> You're drinking a real drink. It's a fictional cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Full of fictional bubbles. Yeah, guys, I'm virtual drunk right now. <laughs> Lockie pulls Roxy away for some alone time, which is an interesting thing to do on Zoom. Yes. So Roxy... Did they enter a breakout room? What happens well, here? Well, Roxy goes into her bedroom. Right. And I guess everyone else just fucking sits there on mute. Uh, and her adorable dog, Lottie, is there too, who we saw a little bit earlier. And Lottie is just like sitting there playing with a chew toy or like a pull toy or something right next to her. And she's trying to ignore this it. This is nice. Roxy's playing with the dog. Scene stealing stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what they said. It's some kind of serious conversation. I know what they said. Okay, go. Basically what happens is uh, Lockie's like, hey, Roxy, you bailed on the group date. And she's sure. like... Yeah, I got. I really got the shits with this, and then she sort of snaps back into this, like, "Oh, and then I just because I don't want to spend time with you, mm. and then we're in lockdown, mm. and it's so unfair that the pandemic is stealing all of your time." It's like she's talking about it out loud, and she, then she realizes how irrational it is, and yeah. So go right back into like victim mode, right? Exactly, mm. yeah. And we see everything through the perspective of how heightened it feels for her and sometimes that yeah it does present her as or the show makes an attempt to pre- present her as a quote unquote victim mm. yeah but at the same time what is she feeling that is different to what any of the other women must be feeling through this situation yeah don't know she would benefit from therapy as we all mm. would she needs to do some Act therapy, some acceptance and commitment therapy, and mm. learn to sit with her uncomfortable feelings and watch them pass by. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Be present. Be here. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. These women aren't out to get you. They're not. Except for Juliet. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so, the next thing that we really see is everyone returning to the situation in the group chat. Irina actually pops on screen and she does this, like, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt. It's so funny because that obviously <laughs> is a natural part of The Bachelor and you can't really have an episode without it. Yeah. But yeah. we've all been on Zoom and you can't do that. Like you have to admit someone into a chat or whatever. Very good. And the presentation of it as like, oops, this is so annoying for you or whatever. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, and Roxy has to play it off in exactly the same way. But if this was the case, why wouldn't they all be like, why wouldn't you just hear that ding dong sound? Right. It is there'd be a pop up in the bottom of the screen on every frame of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and so we cut to now Roxy trying to hash it out with Juliet. I well, found Juliet, this really interesting yeah, actually cuz because it seems like Juliet is sort of trying to keep the peace in a way or kind of say like you know, a lot of the questions that were asked on that group date were really personal and really accusatory. Yeah. And, you know, I just want you to know that it wasn't just you and the question that was asked of me was also quite personal. I think that it goes to show people's different coping mechanisms. Like, I identify with Juliet there because I'm someone that likes to talk everything out. Like, I right. need to talk about everything. I want to talk about my side. I want to talk about your side. And that's how we understand each other. Yeah. When Juliet was trying to talk about her experience... She got shut down. Yeah. And for someone who needs to talk yeah. things through, that's the worst thing you can do to them. And it just makes them feel invalidated and doesn't... Like, if Roxy was just like, yeah, you know what? That sucks. Mm. That would be the... And, and that's why I thought that Juliet kept pushing for it. And I think a lot of people 
didn't like Juliet for that, but I kind of I kind of saw it as someone who was trying to express her hurt. No one was hearing her, and said everyone just mm. started leaving. Okay, but shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're in the bin. Oh no! Yeah, get in the bin. Put in the bin. It yeah, it's, there's two things at play, right? So one is this side of Juliet saying and acting out this expression of like, hey, I'm someone who likes to talk about things. And we see that play out through the season where Juliet is so verbose that she writes an entire two-page note <laughs> and true. sneaks it from her chest area mm-hmm. to Lachlan right. to explain more about who she is and how she's not just the girl in the dress, but here she is again, she's the girl in the dress. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot of conversation and a lot of talking and articulation from Juliet. And so I think there's two things happening where it's just like two people's energies aren't sitting right with each other mm. because totally. Roxy said stop. And when Roxy says stop, she expects the person to stop. Mm. And Juliet doesn't mm. seem to know or be able to recognize that like that that means something for Roxy at the same time. You know, mm. like I want to... Maybe that's unfair to to Juliet. Like I I want to recognize that both parties are are participant in this, and that yeah. there's two people who have entirely different communication styles, both wanting and needing to feel heard. I totally I get where you're coming from, but I think that there are situations with conversa- like having a conversation, a serious adult conversation, where there are, you can be completely valid, being like, "Hey, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. I'd rather we don't." Fully. Um, mm. this wasn't one of them. I don't think this was one of them at all. I think that Roxy didn't want to own up to her not being the only one who's hurt. Yeah. I think that she didn't want to sympathize or show any empathy towards Juliet. Um, that being said, if Juliet was using her brain a little bit more than she would have. She would have been like, this is just a dying ship. I should jump, like, you know, abandon. There's it a point at which it's not productive. So but I just yeah. think that, I think so that the long. way that Roxy just said stop was not on. I don't think that it, like, I think that there was a bit of a debate going on Twitter and Facebook about whether that is valid or not. And of course you can do whatever you want to do. You're a grown ass adult. But I think that to be mature is to not shut down the conversation just because it's not about you. Yeah, or you don't true. like where it's mm. heading. Or it's whatever. not comfortable for you, and that is kind of the thing that we see, I guess, from Roxy is that when something becomes uncomfortable, she s- switches off and doesn't. She or quite makes... literally switches off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. she becomes. And, and in the teaser for the next episode, I think that it's going to play out a bit more where we talk about this character Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. her mum is like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. and Rhonda's relationship with Katut. <laughs> That's a secret boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! Um, didn't that take place in Bali as well? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. So the distinction is between like drawing a boundary and not respecting someone else's boundary, and Absolutely. there's a whole heap of blurred lines in that conversation. And I think that there's. Uh, Something to be said for Roxy has gone nowhere near anywhere, like anywhere close to Juliet, like respecting Juliet's boundaries Mm. and Juliet in trying to have her boundaries respected is at the same time pushing Roxy's buttons, whether or not she is like a villain or attempting to be a villain. Mm. I think that what's more happening, as you say, is someone who's trying to be and feel heard, which is the like fundamental human need of relationships romantic or platonic but here's someone that doesn't get one-on-one time with Lockie afterwards right so roxy decides to just kind of close the screen and she says oh i figured out i could just close the screen who's the winner <laughs> who's just, the winner you here? did it before as well but uh <laughs> yeah 
and then we go to this rose ceremony, which, as I said before, is some absolutely from another planet shit. Um, Lockie has a rose which he poses with while pretending to hand it to all the women while they all have a rose that's sitting next to them that they are allowed to pick up and pose with if Lockie gives them a rose or says, will you accept the rose that's next (laughs) to you? But if not, then they have to pretend it's not there. Do you know what I found most confusing about all this? And they have to stand up as well, which is because that's (laughs) tradition, I guess. So the standing up was really confusing. And then the other thing was like the platter where the rose is served, you know, (laughs) like not having as much of a regular visual representation because you can only shoot kind of from the chest up or whatever. Mm. I was like, wait, how many does he have left to give out? Right. How many how yeah. many people? Like, yeah, because they have an establishing shot where there's one rose on there. It's like, fuck, this is the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> you and I were like sitting there being like, how many people are left? Yeah. How many roses do we have to... I also can't wait until like two more weeks of lockdown where like they get to the stage where nobody wants to have their camera on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all audio-based. <laughs> And then, you know, for some reason, it's time to say goodbye to Belle. Now, not Bella. No. Or Izzy. Oh. And it's not like we've seen a huge amount of Belle this season, but last episode they clearly gave the psychic medium, in my opinion, direction to, like, push the narrative or push the attention towards Belle. I agree. Because we need to find out who she is. Because she, we learned she was a wartime nurse. <laughs> He was a patient. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> probably means he died under her care, though. It wasn't yeah. like mm. the wartime, like the medicine wasn't as sophisticated. As, yeah. Everybody got tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Belle's a murderer. <laughs> and that's where we leave it for this episode. Of the- <laughs> Allegedly. You don't want definitely. No, I'll go on record. She absolutely did it. And I'll stand a up wartime and murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so Belle is the person who is sent home and Belle. we're left Bell. Yeah. Bell is. Yeah, Bell is the person who is Bell is Belize. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted you to enunciate honey because there's Bella. Honey. There's is that right? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job. I love you. Oh, here we go with Wait, the, uh, we get a quick, too? obviously. Can we get a quick I love you check. <clears throat> I love you. I love you. Oh, I love that's you. terrible. No, you took the seven. That's fine. You. I love you. Love you. Love you. Evie, I love you, I like you, <laughs> and I'm in love with you. Aww. This is something that I've been having to make Xavier do lately because I'm like, I know you love me, but do you like me? Oh. Yeah. And are you so in I'm love with me? I'm trying to check all the boxes. That's nice. And I'm, and I'm beginning, beginning to fall <laughs> in love with you. Even deeper, day by day. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're sitting here doing our acceptance. We're feeling the uncomfortable feelings. Yes. Yeah. Mm, that's right. <laughs> And that's it for another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast and for no season way. eight, episode eight. One hundo in the bank. All you guys the way did it. to episode one hundred. They said we wouldn't do it, Danny, but they all said you'll em. probably stop at ninety nine, you <laughs> idiots. Yeah. I did hear people saying that. Already. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it at your work or like was it just within your family? I think it was out on the street. Oh. Like I was walking to dinner and With me? Yeah. yeah. No, like, there's that guy that only has Number 99. 99. <laughs> there's Mr. 99. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, mm. I got 99 episodes. You proved but them wrong. The 100th is now one of them. Yeah, yep. that's true. It is also a problem. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. And now's the time where we go around and you guys tell us your favorite things about the podcast. Right. Yeah, here yeah actually, I want to do one more plug if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to shout out to the Zapeds. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Thank this you. is necessary. Are yeah. they like a... F- like a is, are they real? Like, is it real? Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry. No one has ever been more real than the Zave heads. Okay, so okay. it's a sub-faction of uh, Bachelor of Hearts Fandom. podcast fans mm-hmm. who uh, identify as, as Xavier's, basically. Yeah, okay. you kind of got to pick one. I mean, you don't have to, but there are a lot of people who... I think you're just tuning into the part. And I, I love what you do, Max. I Thank think you, you do great work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you're people are a great here supporting character yeah. on the podcast. But, but there's more than Evie. Like, there's other ones. Stacks. There's other Zabies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. People self-identify. It seemed like a made-up thing. <laughs> I don't know, I you don't might know where think you could so, be getting that uh, idea. <laughs> it just seemed like it existed in your uh, relationship and not outside of that. No. I'm not a, re- I'm not a Zafed in our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. a big, I'm a big fan of me now. Yeah, more of an Eve, Eve head. I don't yeah. know. What would, you, what would we say? Vange, Vange. <laughs> Eve hive. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh. Great. Bye. Great. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, listeners. Thanks again. Hey, um, uh, look, we've made it through 100 of these and... There's more than a hundred people who hang out with us in the Bachelor of Hearts Vosh mm. posting face group because guess what, motherfuckers? We came here to make friends. You better believe yeah. it. We sure so did. If you want to join them and if you want to join us, uh, if come you want to be down. our friend, if you want to be my lover, group, you yeah. gotta get with my Facebook group. That's right. Zigga zig. Ah, dogs. Yeah, come hang out. It's yeah. fun. Come hang with us in the I'm Bachelor. I'm in there, but I don't really check it or respond or anything. So it's okay. If you get a like from a, on a comment, though, like it means a lot. Well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, you Even can find more. us on other social media at BOHpod. You can find me at ZVRN. You can find Evie at Yves underscore. The undersc- Again, it's the underscore thing that the original Yves was taken, it? yeah. but it's fine. It's, I've got more followers than them. Check it you out. Can find Danny at uh, Danielle underscore gay, and I am on Instagram at Danielle underscore day. Mm. <laughs> also, you can find me at Glasshouse Memes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 episode one hundred. We made it to hundred episode. I assume everyone who's listening listened to all the other ones. If you haven't, get back in the archives, bitch. Listeners, we love you. Goodbye. Do we want to sing along with it? Out of time. Yes. Make the most wait, 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 of wait, wait, wait. what's before you. Love you. <laughs> Running out of time. Make the most of what's before you. Searching for a sign. I'm not to familiar with this song. the end of the road. I know we found love. All right. Following the hearts of I waited four years, hearing your voice, music to my ears. From the first moment you entered my life, just one thought would be husband and wife. That, that, that first night, that first. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. That was fun. Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. This is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Oh. <laughs> That's
sounded good. Ah, <laughs> go!